The Tape Never Lies Network. Starts now. Yo, what is up everybody? I'm Ivan Vargas and you're watching The Tape Never Lies, keeping it 100, the best bear show on the planet. Coming to you on a special night with a special guest, former Chicago Bears running back, Raymond Harris joins the crew. And speaking of crew, let's go ahead and bring him in. Shane, the smartest man, Marsaw. And yo, DP yo. Draft, Dr. Phil, what is up, gentlemen? Bring them out, bring them out. <laughs> bring them out, bring them out. We just <laughs> traded Claudio to the uh, Damascus Car Bombs of the Afghan League. Claudio had his best player to be named, yeah. Week, and then I know, I know. And then on injured Ivan, Ivan won up them again. So. <laughs> Great job, Ivan, coming right out the gate. Set yeah. him straight. Right Feels weird to be here on a on a Monday, Monday night. night. I know. Keeping it 100, right? I think a lot of people who don't pay attention are going to be like, where's that Wednesday night show? Yeah. If you're oh, not the, a patron, we'll be live Wednesday look night. this guy right here, Bullets. Break. Bullets will be in the chat room Wednesday night. Where the fuck is everybody? Didn't you guys hear Bears signed Tremaine Edmonds? <laughs> smash the like button do us a favor we don't say it enough subscribe to the youtube channel we've been stuck at this level right there shane well we we went over thirteen thousand five hundred the other day so that was okay. that was nice to see but yeah so yeah we gotta get, get out there if and you're subscribe. not subscribed yet i don't understand it Get over there, subscribe to the channel, get over there, buy some swag, and represent TTNL. The tape never lies. The OGs, the ones that originated the tape. I see I see other people putting the tape doesn't lie now, Shane. Tape don't film, lie. The film don't lie. Don't lie. Don't tape don't lie. Don't lie. Like, come on, bro biting shit i saw Left the tape lies sometimes <laughs> hold on i'm gonna put together a field of 64 bears reporters and and break them down who's got the most popularity <laughs> i'm out of here oh my god you want that list? Greg will be going up to whoever's number one on the list. Say, Let's take a picture. Put it on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. When you showed me that, I'm like, what world are we in? What world are we in? The reality of the truth, I think everybody knows. Of, I'm just Brent. hearing about that stuff, but I got to keep it 100. Got to keep it a hundred. Keep it a buck with Brandon Livingston. I'm a competitive motherfucker. Bring anybody on this show. Bring anybody on this show. I fight with Shane. Imagine me arguing and debating stats 
I've seen some of these people that flip flop and have a whole network pining for votes to try to create popularity. It's like, God, let the fans understand. I will every time. Look at this dude, Jamar Taylor. What up, kid? What's up, Jamar? Big fan of the show. He's finally catching it live, bro. And he used to be Deserve a corner it. for the Dolphins. Jamar Jeez, Taylor. We can use Jamar Taylor in Chicago. Yeah. Let's go, Jamar. Anybody named Jamar, I always pick them on my team. I even it was like a blind. I'm like, I'll take Jamar out of a fucking paper hat. Give me Jamar. And it worked out great in basketball leagues, Jane. Right. Now I there couldn't you. hit a fucking shot at the <laughs> basketball. They were hoping they were hoping not to be picked by you. They're like, fuck. Fuck. Short. Damn it. Now we gotta carry him. Fuck a five foot two captain out here. I went for like 0 for 20 with Shane and his son on the court. I'm like, I give up. Yeah, we're at the Hall of Fame and Phil's down there. I said to Riley, I'm like, you think he's ever gonna hit one? Listen, I was rusty, man. Those yeah. two. It was when we we did the the height comparison. I'll have to post it on Patreon. Be, I made Phil stand next to Muggsy Bogues, so we yes. get the, I get towered the height. over <laughs> and I towered over our next guest, equipment manager. So oh, T-Med. Tony yeah, T-Med. Medlin. I must have had seven inches on him. I know I'm short, right? <laughs> let's get to it Listen, though. let's right. get to it i'm excited i see our special guest in the green room sipping on the champagne and the the shrimp the layout that we gave him over there uh, i'm excited about getting this guy on the show but i'm gonna wait for him because i don't want him to miss his intro shane right see now I, wa- I watched it in the green room he's He's, he's, going, putting, he's putting the eye black on. He's getting the, the eye black on. He's getting ready. He's getting the eye black. You know, I I talked to his former teammate today. Yeah. Uh, former Bears quarterback Eric Kramer uh, and I were talking today. And I'll tell our guest, Raymond Harris, if you're just tuning in to the Tate Never Lies Network, we got a special guest coming on the show right now. We're going to introduce him in our special way, the way he deserves. Some people call him the ultra back. Others call him the quiet storm. I call him game ready on Sundays. I love this dude. Let's bring him out the TTNL way. Cue it up. Here he is, Raymond Harris. As we move along in this NFL offseason, we're going to take a look back into Bears history with our next guest. Born in the small town of Lorraine, Ohio, this guy stepped onto the big stage at the Ohio State University, where he set a school record for the most rushing yards in a bowl game and finished as the sixth leading rusher in Buckeye history. From there, he became the 114th pick in the 1994 NFL Draft 
by your Chicago Bears. As decorated as he was on the field, he has been just as impressive off of it. Currently, he is the CEO of a coaching and executive consulting company he owns called Elite Mindset and Performance and is a professional and keynote speaker. Bears fans, TTNL fans, get up out your seats and give it up for the ultra back. The quiet storm. He's Raymond Harris. There he Yo. is. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most involved intro I've ever seen in my entire life. That's what we tell it. It was dope. What, I appreciate that. That's what we tell everybody. You got to hook that up to your Alexa. So every time you come out to speak, yeah. that drops. You know Get what? That drop. that. That, yeah, that was yeah, that was, that was <laughs> great. You guys got some nice, must have some young guys over there doing all kinds of uh, IT. No. Just me yeah. and Shane. Old yeah, we're the old, we're the old guys doing the young guy work, Raymond. <laughs> Bill, what's up, man? Good to see you. Shane, what's Good. up? What's Great up? to see you. Great to see you. I was a huge fan of oh, you, yeah. and that's where I really want to start this off. And it's not blowing smoke. It's a special memory for me. Uh, Lemuel Stinson. I had a special memory with him, and. As a Bears fan growing up in Connecticut, I think we vividly remember things a little bit differently than maybe we just don't take it, you know, take it for granted, especially being a coach's son. I just yeah. want, I remember the holiday bowl and I'm sitting in our, our old house with my father watching Ohio State versus BYU. And here's this running back, which I was a, in high school as a running back, just given everything he literally had in that game. And I was like, who the F is this? And my father's like, this kid is going to be a stud. And lo and behold, because I watched every, you know, name drop off that on the NFL draft and the Bears guy, I think he ran for like 256 yards, came down to the final play. I mean, they were on the goal line throwing fades and the defense yeah. held up, yeah. thankfully, because you put in work that day. But that, yeah. then for you to become a bear, it was like, wow, we're getting this dude, another running back in a place traditionally that just has had some great running backs. And do you remember the day you were drafted? Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, it's one of the days that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, just like me and everybody else, man. As a little kid, I had huge dreams and aspirations of playing in the NFL. So to finally be face to face with that opportunity, uh, leading up to it, you know, people were saying I was going to go in the second round, maybe the third round. So, you know, back in those days, you know, that was still like <laughs> the second day when, uh, so you had to sit through like the first two rounds. Your name doesn't get called, your buddies are laughing at you. And some of those guys have already been picked and they're they're out like uh, flying to their teams already. So I finally, uh, <clears throat> they finally called, uh, uh, the Bears did <laughs> a little a little later than I wanted it to be. I, I want to say there were like, I think there were 20 running, uh, maybe like 15 running backs like in, in oh, front wow. of me. It was crazy. 
And yeah. uh, but it was, it's amazing, man. Like as soon as I got that phone call, all of that stuff went, you know, none of that mattered to me anymore. At that immediate time, I was like, oh, sh- I'm about to actually go to my childhood you know, favorite team, Chicago Bears. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. I it never really- knew that. Yeah, man. So what's wild is like my mother, uh, her fam, my maternal side of my family lived in Chicago and actually in North, Ch- North Chicago up in uh, Waukegan as well. So I would come to Chicago during some of the summers and I was a Cubs fan because that was the North side. I was a Bears fan, of course. And yeah. uh, man, I, I was very familiar with Chicago. Oh, excellent. Did you have much? interaction with the bears leading up you know during the draft process did you think that that was potentially a team or just kind of came out of nowhere yes it felt like it came out of nowhere uh they you know when you go through that process you go to the combines you end up like meeting with all the teams so i had a little bit of a conversation with those guys but there were probably five or six other teams that that um that that showed a lot more interest in me so when when that came around I, now, to be honest, I never thought that I would go through the entire draft, all these rounds, like four times in a <laughs> row without, without anybody like, yeah, let me go ahead and scoop this guy up. So when that actually happened, I, I was just so happy and fired up and excited to go anywhere. Now, when you come to the Chicago Bears, did they give you an option of what jersey number? Because you obviously wore 34 in college, Walter wearing 34 did yeah. t-med give you options back then or just throw you the jersey this is what you're wearing yeah no they gave me an option and i was like yeah i i obviously need to have 34 again of course obviously <laughs> so, uh, you, guys know you know who, who's that guy right i <laughs> named sweetness but uh hey i'm i'm sweeter i'm i'm right. <laughs> so uh so needless to say that didn't work out but uh, but they threw uh, the twenty nine toward me. I'm like, oh yeah, and I remember uh, Dennis Gentry, like back in the days. Dennis so, Gentry, yeah. I'm like, this twenty nine, yeah, this could work right here. So I was pretty fired up and pretty uh, excited about that. You know, in that whole world, man, like the jersey number, like that's that's so important, man. It's everything. Oh, totally agree. Oh my now, god, I could be out there running around as a running back with like number forty five or something like that, man. Right. Thirty-seven oh, or something. One of the worst yeah. numbers. Yeah. Forty-five. Yeah. Well, like Grant Mustard. Yeah, twenty-five. Yeah. He was twenty. Oh, he was twenty-five. Iron head. He was twenty-five. Yep. Iron head wore forty-five. Yeah. yeah. Totally oh, the worst. Thirty-nine. Yeah. I'm not a fan of thirty-nine I'm, either. I, I'm not feeling that. I don't know why. I don't Curse know why thirty-nine. Yeah. 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 So, Ray, year two, you know, they, so they bring you in a pick 114, but then year two, the 95 draft, they go out and bring in the Heisman Trophy winner, Rashawn Salam. Yeah. And uh, how does that, you know, when you're, I don't know if you watch the draft, I, I assume guys are kind of seeing if they're bringing in some talent at the same position, but you see that first round draft pick. I mean, Rashawn was super young too, 20 yeah. years old coming in, Heisman Trophy winner. When you see that happen, does that just instantly motivate you to to get to camp and and show the young pup that you're not going anywhere? How how did that work? Yeah. Well, even though like we're only like a, a year apart yeah. in terms of like you know draft wise, 
I mean, I was significantly older. So uh, I pretty much had like a, a big brother kind of re like relationship with Rashawn. Uh, yeah, man, it was it was pretty. Uh, I, I wasn't surprised because the year before the Bears actually went out, spent you know big money to get uh, free agent running back Lewis Tillman. So they oh brought Lewis God. Tillman. Remember? Oh yeah, I remember yeah. from the Giants. Yeah, and he yeah. went to Jackson State. So there was this yeah. Walter Paint narrative going on, and yeah. he was not good at all at no instincts with the whole i i'm like what are we doing here i just remember being a young back in high school saying because they, they're playing in our backyard i go we got raymond what what are we doing here and i appreciate and that Lewis, no that's the that's the true story back well, numbers i'll never forget number 27 he wore that's right there you go yeah. mike yeah. henneman and uh what's wild is like hey man lou was now lose my guy. I love this guy. He's a, he was a mentor. Yeah. He was he was my big brother, and uh, so you know when they brought me to the team, I actually went to uh, they moved me to fullback. Yeah, which, I know. Which I was, was yeah I was um, I actually embraced the move. You know they tried this in, in at Ohio State like my third year, and I yeah I did not like that, and it truly didn't go well. But so, you know, fortunately, I was able to get my way back to running back and, and, and made things happen. So when the Bears drafted me and wanted me to go to fullback, I was like, sure, I'll try it. And what happened was, man, I actually learned how to run block and pass block. And my pass receiving was, you know, became crazy. And then all of a sudden, man, I became like this, this running back that, that could do all these different things. And I really started to carve out my, my identity. So... I was so much better being like this ultra bad guy versus, you know, just like a, a running back. So when they drafted Rashawn Salam, it didn't matter to me at all. Uh, I liked the idea of having like another dude that was explosive, roughly like the same size as me. And we could just be like a great one, two punch. So it didn't motivate me more to get, you know, to, you know, to do any better because to be honest, I truly thought I was the best out there anyway. Who comes to you and says, hey, we're going to move you to fullback? Is that the GM? Was it the coach at the time? Who Who's the one who tells? Is that a draft day conversation so you knew what you were stepping into? Or is this more so happening on the fly? I mean, you know that was like 30 years ago. So I, have no, <laughs> I don't remember what I, what I had for breakfast yesterday. Hey, which guy told you that? Yeah, I don't know. What guy told me that? Let's just—we can just blame Wanstat. That's fine, man. We can just blame Wanstat. I could have made up anything. Listen, Sorich, Sorich will tell you. Facility in Tokyo. Fuck, fucking Wani screwed over a lot of people. Every every former player comes on here talk. Dante Jones was talking about oh, yeah. Wani. He doesn't even want. Dante was the most. Well, I'd say Chris and Dante are the most implicit talk about Dave Wanstead. So I ask you, was your relationship with Wanstead better or was there moments? Because let's be honest, my dad was a high school head coach for 33 years. Right. They named the stadium after him. I've coached, been the head coach. That relationship with 
coach, head coach, or position coach, and player, no matter what, is so important. When you get to the NFL, there's a lot of shoe salesmen that are coaches. Let's be honest. And fans, oh, they know everything. No, they don't. They don't know their ass from their elbow, a lot of these guys. You know more than them. So you could tell when a bullshitter's bullshitting. Was that your experience there, like, with, with the Bears or with nah. Wani? No? Yeah, now nah, he was um, real talk, man. I think yeah, I thought real Dave talk. was a really, uh, like, a nice guy. Uh, he mm-hmm. was a defensive-minded coach, head coach. So the majority of his time would be spent on the defense. So when it came to the offense, you tended to, you know, like we as the players, you tended to like have uh, a much uh, deeper connection with your position coach and the, the coordinators. So like it was kind of like, and that's pretty much been like the way it's been wherever I've been, you know, whenever. So, um, I mean, Wani wasn't bad to me, man. I, I liked him. I thought he was a good guy. Um, I thought, uh, his mustache was a little outdated. Uh, <laughs> like, like, she was like off a, a bad episode of Chips. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, he was a good dude, man. I, I, I didn't have the same kind of issue of fire. It's interesting that Chris Zorge would be, you know, would not like him as much, given the fact that, you know, he was a defensive guy and Chris was pretty much, uh, you know, he was – you know, the favorite son of Chicago. So I'm yeah, well, I think it, that. Chris will, Chris does a show here on our network every week uh, during the college football season, and he'll he'll tell you. I think it, I think a lot of it came down to to finances with Ted Phillips and and oh. Dave Wansett when they made that deal for Rick Meyer. They said, well, he was at Notre Dame. He's your buddy, so we're gonna need you to. We're gonna need you to take some less money so we can go get your boy. <laughs> so I guess that I guess that would piss anybody off. Yeah, that, yeah. that didn't turn. Needless to say, that didn't turn out well. Right, right. No, not uh, one of the best one of the best mo- moves. Oh, not no, a good geez. move and not a good way to treat the city's favorite son. He went to Notre yeah. Dame. You went to Notre Dame. Let's yeah, the take bad, a pay bad part cut about it is, so we can add him on. <laughs> Seattle took Walter Jones with that pick that Chicago gave him for Rick Meyer. Oh, yeah. of course. Hall of yeah. Famer. Yeah, yeah. Perennial yeah. yes. All-Pro yeah. every single year. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I would have loved uh, to have had that guy on my team. No. I guess. That would have been nice. Imagine yeah. we haven't had a left tackle like that since Jimbo Covert. Oh, my God. Really? The Bears. Yeah. Yes. Andy Think about been. it. Andy, yeah. he, Andy was, he was solid. He was solid, he was yeah. side, but he wasn't I didn't play a with Jimbo Covert, so I, who, I don't know that. <laughs> Andy Heck was that very old. good. I tell y'all, y'all young dudes, I ain't that damn old. Yeah, Jimbo Covert. <laughs> you look great. You look like you could suit up uh, today. Shane was trying to poach you as a three tech. And oh, no, no, I wasn't. You got to tell him. I, I didn't say that, Raymond. <laughs> I said I was looking back at some of the. I'm the I'm the crazy ass guy that I have like every Bears game on DVD oh, like for years and years and years and you go back and you watch some of these and uh, I had to get you had a I think it was like a 68 yard run and I'm watching I'm like Jesus Christ he looks like a defensive line just the oh, with the shoulder pads, pads everything yeah. is so much different you're used yeah. to watching it nowadays I'm like man everybody looks so looks so different but. 
Talking about that. the running back position. James, you see that speed, yeah. though? What about that speed, though? Oh, love it. Don't Absolutely. Don't cross over that, that important factor right there. Oh, no, no, no. I like how you hey, dipped I, your I, I got those DBs. I remember that 68-yard <laughs> run. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was a good old day. Because <laughs> everyone was bagging the, on his speed, Shane. And then in oh, the yeah. playoffs against the Vikings, he takes yeah. it straight to the house and was like, yeah. Yeah, what? Fuck all the haters. Why, that's why, that's why that Juan said mustache was crooked. He blew by him and it had that crooked mustache. <laughs> that would have was. <laughs> Where did he get this speed from? He was on his motorcycle. Let's get Lewis Tillman out there. <laughs> he was on his police motorcycle. <laughs> but Raymond, speak on that. Just the, the position in general. And nowadays, you know, you, you see a, a guy like Bijan coming out and they're like, oh, you know, you can't draft this can't draft this guy in the top 10 because, you know, the analytics are saying that, you know, the, the running back position, you can't draft these guys. And even in the first round, it seems, but speak on where that position is, is nowadays. And it seems like it's kind of getting pushed to the back of the table a little bit. You know, you, you look in the Super Bowl and Isaac Pacheco is leading Kansas city and rushing seventh round draft pick. But is that, does that ruffle your feathers a little bit when you see that talked about so much? A little bit because, uh, you know, the, it feels a little disrespectful because arguably uh, next to the uh, next to the, the quarterback, like a running back, I, mean, I guess it depends on the, uh, the system, but a running back is so important. And being able to like move that ball and have, excuse me, move the chains and continually put the offense in like in, in a really good, manageable positions as well as being able to like pass block run block all of that to like pass you know uh receiver like all of that stuff a running back has to be able to do and i think you know they you know the, the position gets a bad rap because you know some of these teams uh were able to um they didn't do a great job of, of drafting so someone like pacheco goes in the seventh round and makes it seem like he wasn't that good or you know, Kareem, right, right. Uh, but you, you get them at a at a discount. So now you know uh, you don't have to invest as much in, in running backs. I don't think it it, it translates uh, directly myself, but um, uh, the fact that a running back um, nowadays you rarely get a chance to see those guys going in the top ten. I mean that's obviously true. Um, when you think about, I think about Zeke. Zeke yeah. goes uh, number four to the to the Cowboys. I mean, think about like how instrumental in that in that offense he was for so so many years. So, I don't yeah, I don't really subscribe to this idea that, you know, running backs are, are not worthy of, of of top picks. Um it's probably not the smartest move. Like I wouldn't take Bijan uh over uh Paris Johnson myself. Right. Looking at that offense and what they have to get done. Um, and the fact that you've invested so much in Justin Fields and how uh, dynamic he can be, to give to give that guy an offensive line that could give him a time to go through three or four different reads, man, and then be able to run, and I'd, I'd invest my money in, in that direction. Stay there because that was going to be my question. How closely do you follow the Chicago Bears? And me and Chris do – the Super 16 poll show every Monday during the season where Chris and I are talking about all the college games and he's, you know, he follows the college game with a p passion and probably loves it. 
and he shows yeah. no bias. So do you watch the Chicago Bears with a keen eye as well as college football, or is it just like a focus with Ohio State? How, and I know you, you know, love the game of football so much. Some players like leave the game, like Curtis Martin. I was talking with Curtis Martin. He doesn't even watch the game of football. Like yeah. Hall of Famer, great player. He just doesn't care for it. So where are you on that? Yeah, I, I definitely watch the game. I don't watch it as closely as I did back in the days. Uh, I grew mm -hmm. up a, a student and like the hugest fan of, of, of football. I knew yeah. every running back. I knew every player. Um, it was just, um, it was something that was so important to me and to the point that I would spend all of my waking hours either reading about it, collecting football cards, working on the craft to actually get myself in a position where I could play on my high school team and then make it to a big time school and then make it to the NFL. Like that's who I was. And then when you, you finally get to, <laughs> to, the, to the space that you wanted to get to, you realized yes. how, yeah, it's not as glamorous. It's not what it's all uh, made up to be. Uh, there's a lot of shady business, a lot of um, backdoor dealings. Um, there's a lot of like ugly parts to the game as well, especially with um, finally, you know, the acknowledgement of uh, the injuries and concussions and and the way that guys put their, their bodies at, at um, at risk. So I still love the sport. I still like to watch it here and there, but I don't watch it as, as closely as I, as I used to. And I can absolutely understand why a guy like Curtis Martin probably looks at the game, looks back at it and thinks, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I've had so much success in you know different areas, yeah, it still doesn't, it still leaves a, a sour taste in some guy's mouth. You, you brought the, you brought his name up. Justin Fields. Yeah. So we got to, I mean, you're an Ohio <laughs> State guy. and you, yeah, you guys. Yeah, you got the yeah. Buckeye here. But uh, yeah. when we, you know, we cover the draft wire to wire, first pick all the way right through to the last pick live. And uh, it's probably one of our biggest moments on air covering that when the Bears went from 20 up to 11 and, you know, turning the card on Justin Fields. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's been some bumps, but you know, as a whole, our entire network, we base everything that we do not off stats. We're watching tape and breaking down tape and yeah. big fans of what he does. And we uh, get real aggressive when people are calling out the kid and saying that he, he can't throw the football. And I'm like, well, that just, you're, you're crazy. You know, they must be, they must be Michigan fans, right? Raymond saying that. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. But speak, speak on now. I'm assuming that you know Justin a little bit with your connection. I mean, or do you know him, you know, away from football, but just speak on any type of relationship and what you see as Justin Fields, the quarterback. Yeah, man, I don't know Justin Fields, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, we were going through COVID. Yep. And, okay, yeah. Uh, you know how you guys <clears throat> know how crazy, you know, life was and oh, yeah. games and uh, – so many people, people are not even allowed to go over to practice and things of that nature. So I never really got a chance to, to adapt him down once, and, but I don't know him. So I can't speak to like who he is as a person. I can speak to uh, secondhand, all the people that love and admire um, 
and um, are extremely like supportive of him and who he is and how he has always showed up when he for Ohio State. And then it, just as I watch as a as a spectator, I went to maybe three games last year, and um, like the, the the talent that he has, man, it's 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 some of that off the charts kind of talent, and um, right. it makes a guy like me who you know, was part of like that world for so long. When I see that, I, I recognize like like someone like ultra talented. He's the kind of person where you put him into a system where like people can will will if they can give him three to four seconds to survey the field, go through three three reads and then do his thing. Not to mention have about two or three receivers that can get open and not drop the damn ball. Like yep. Those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> he is the kind of guy that can uh, thread the needle. He can throw a 15-yard uh, uh, comeback. He's the kind of guy who will drop a, a, like amazing touch on a on a on a deep fade. He's got all of that stuff, and uh, I'm just fired up to see like the Bears make some moves wide receiver wise to kind of like finally put some weapons around him that can like finally start taking advantage of his talent because as wonderful and spectacular as he is, he can't keep playing in that same kind of offense that they did last nope. year. He completely agree. He will not last. You put, your, not you put your GM hat on and you said Paris Johnson at nine. Uh, obviously the Ohio State feeling there, but the reality is for me as an analyst, he was the most difficult to analyze for the reasons you said. And I, it started with the play caller not understanding just how immensely athletic and creative this kid can be. And you can't confine that, number one. They finally did understand that after the bye week. Number two, the offensive line was atrocious. Yeah. And then the receivers on top of it couldn't get open and when they did get open they had the dropsies something that yeah. you didn't have so it, it's, it's such a tough thing and, and the social media aspect of it everybody can say i ain't paying attention to it we're doing but you do you do hear it because it's fucking everywhere yeah. and i was afraid that they were going to ruin this kid because they totally didn't do what they should do for him. So now with your GM hat on, the Bears go out into free air. They got a guard, which I think is a great guard. I was hoping they'd come out and get a two tackles, for God's sake, and right. make this offensive line. Like, you got more money than you know what to do with, but they don't. So do you think in this draft they're going to make a priority on that offensive line? And, you know, I love Paris Johnson, too. Do you think yeah. – that's where they're going at nine is an offensive lineman. Is that what you would do? Of course. Um, I I don't know, man. When you invest so much in uh, the quarterback position, yeah, look, man, this is one of those sports. And of course, it's the ultimate team game, and you need all eleven players. I've heard eh, you gotta you know, every, everyone just need it. We need everyone. Yes, of course, but Wani. the quarterback is the most important position. And you invest right. not only pick draft picks and money to move up to get this guy, secure him, but then like you surround him with 
you know, the, the wrong offensive scheme, subpar O-line, receivers not doing their thing. It, it, it reflects so poorly on him. Or at the same time, the one person that shined on that team last year was the same guy, Justin Fields. So just imagine giving him like a, a left tackle or right tackle, uh, a couple, like two more pieces, like in that offensive line. Um, yes. And that's going to not only help, you know, from a pass protection standpoint, but also be able to establish the run and not have him as like your main running back, you know, running option. Exactly. No, I mean, like it, it doesn't make yeah. any sense to, to I, there are guys like Lamar, no, there's only one Lamar Jackson. But Justin Fields is of that cloth, where he's just special and he, he's right. um, dynamic and he does things on the field that people just have not seen before. But you want to you want him to continue to do that. And you have to surround him with like the, the, the you know, the proper pieces to be able to allow this young man to shine. I'm hoping they go Perry Johnson and then pick up at least one more person, if not like another person in free agency. Because, like, securing that line is going to be, like, the, the, the key to being able to establish the run and allow, you know, uh, Justin Fields yeah. to throw the ball like he needs to throw it. Yeah, and I think it's really important because this draft is – it's actually set up real well for Chicago because it's, you know, deep on the offensive line. But, it, listen, you can't, you can't have enough of those guys. Mm-hmm. Another name that I want to bring up is from your school. Again, it's been a real big topic with Bears fans. Phil and I – aren't there with the fans not saying that we don't like the kid or the talent, but we just don't think that the bears are there yet. If they, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Mm -hmm. the wide receiver, uh, Mm -hmm. Phil and I couldn't pull the trigger on him at nine just because we're, yes, it's a weapon for Justin, but if you're laying on your back, (laughs) it's not doing you, not doing you too much good to have some wide receivers on the outside. But, um, you know, speak to this kid. A lot of people see him, and he's he's not a burner, but he's got those he's got those feet and the separation, the short area quickness is off the charts, crazy. It's not something that you see very often for a kid. You know, I know he uh, people fall in love with the the four two and four three speed. It's not not there, but his like I said, his short area quickness is is really next level. Speak on him a little bit. Yeah, just uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is uh he's a special player, man. Yep. And whoever gets this guy is going to be so happy, so excited. If, you know, like you said, though, ideally the quarterback will have enough time to be able to get, you know, get him the ball. Um he is uh an exquisite route runner. Uh like superior at that age, you can just tell he's uh he's put a lot of time into it and he's had a lot of good direction. But his, his his body control is amazing. He's the kind of guy that can get open in like like really small, tiny spaces. And like I keep hearing this conversation about he does he's not that fast. Dude, he's a four four guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you this. He's a four four guy. <laughs> Trust me, he is. He truly is. Yeah. And then sometimes there are guys that um, that may not time as well, but like on the field they they run. Um, like so much faster um, and like those short and small uh, compact spaces. And I, you know, definitely like in the slot, he's the kind of guy that's going to, he's going to get, he's going to get quarterbacks paid and he's going to be responsible for like helping teams uh, um, 
make it far, you know, far in the playoffs because he's that kind of kind of player. I would not necessarily take him um, if Paris Johnson was, you know, was already taken, and there wasn't. Some, I don't. I haven't followed the draft, uh, you know, that closely, so I don't really know what other O line like uh, uh, prospects there are. But I mean, if there wasn't someone that knocked my socks off, I would, you know, I'd entertain the idea, man. He's that special. But, but if they were both available at number nine, you're going, oh, you're going, going the offensive good. lineman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I so agree I, with you wholeheartedly I, there. I understand the uh, the importance in, of being able to protect that quarterback, especially his blind side. Uh, three offensive linemen from Ohio State in this draft. Uh, Whipler, the center, who I, I I love. I think I love every Big Ten center in this draft. The kid from yeah. Minnesota, the kid from Michigan. I, yeah. I think everybody's sleeping on the kid from Michigan, but your guy there and the kid from Wisconsin. There's four centers from the Big Ten that will start in the NFL. No doubt about it. Be day one starters, all four of them, in, in my professional opinion. But that being said, I want to put you on the spot. The show's called Keeping It 100. I can't asked you to keep it with 100 with Coach Wani. <laughs> so you're the GM. Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud are there. Which guy are you banking on? Uh, As an Ohio State genius. What what offense do I have? Do I have last Whatever year's offense? you want to run. No. I got last year's offense, <laughs> last year's line, and last year's receivers. Then <laughs> you're going, Justin. Well, ask it this way. You you have you're, – you're starting your own franchise. Yeah. You're your going quarterback franchise. first. Who would you Who would you rather build around a quarterback? And Ray – you know, Raymond it's Harris. Okay. Is the, this is yeah. what we do here. Keep it a hundred. That's what we do. You say that, Phil, you say that as if I like I have uh, some like I'm I'm a little nervous or, or hesitant. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't give a shit about any of this. <laughs> I love Raymond. I thought you were gonna be shy. You're not shy at all. <laughs> I love this. I like that. That's a good one. Um yeah, I think real talk, man. I love I love CJ. Okay. I'm going Justin Fields. I just yeah. I like him, man. I I know he how well he can throw the ball, and I just put a, a true premium on being able to um be a dual threat, but not the way they used him last year, but more of a like yeah. when things aren't going well or going right in a play, he can actually make some shit happen that can, you know. Um, get a first down, keep the ball moving, keep everyone like uh like uh like in a space where like even if a guy doesn't block as well, uh, the fact that if he you know he misses to the outside, Justin can improvise and still like make something happen. I just find a premium in, in something like that. So I mean I like him and I think he's a a, a good throwing quarterback as well. C.J. Stroud is legit though, man. He's way more polished. And he's uh, the prototype. And right. you get him in the right scheme uh, around the right people, uh, he has a chance to, to be special. But that is, if we're, if we're being real, man, I don't know how many 
guys, you know, will actually say this, but that like the majority of the league is that right there. Yeah. It depends on what team you go to, what yeah. scheme you play in, who's playing next to you, who's playing behind you, what um, who the coaches are. All of that kind of stuff is going to be, you know, the determining factor for 80 percent of the guys on whether or not they have success. You take Emmett Smith, who's, you know, arguably um, the greatest running back. I don't think so. But yardage wise, he is. You take him, you put his ass in Detroit, and we never hear of him again. So, yeah. and that's just the case. So getting to the right team with the right people around you and in, in the right scheme and then, you know, being fortunate enough to, like, not get injured, like, like, like that's like truly like a, you know, the makeup for, like, the majority of the NFL. It's so true. Would Aaron Rodgers Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers if we drafted him in Chicago? We've said this many, and my father said it. The coaching, the the culture, all of that stuff is so important. Under Matt Nagy, it was a fucking shit show. He was a shoe salesman, and it was utter chaos. And the media, we bring on media here all the time, would debate with me and Shane. I'm like, listen. Well, listen, Phil, Shane, they, the locker room loves him. Yeah, they love him because he has no fucking discipline or he's a he's a punk. Yeah. Like, you Ray, know, so well, tell him this part. I mean, Raymond, you, you live. I know you Go live ahead. the life. He Matt Nagy had players at the uh, end of season when they go in and sit down with the coaches and all that. He had players from the 2018 team tell him that they wanted him to show them up in front of the oh, yeah. team and point out crazy. the mistakes that were made. He didn't do that. We had and David Montgomery coach. and Ryan Nall on our show together. And I asked him because the media was telling us something and I'm seeing something and hearing something, I'll be honest, from players. And I asked them, I'm like, does your coach put everybody in a room and put the game tape up there and kind of hold people accountable he's like no we <laughs> haven't done it in fact he yeah. finally did it and players were like we That's like we this do. we yeah. want to be held accountable yeah. like there was no accountability so hmm. again there's a different Perfect. matt there's a yeah. different matt in here he preaches Eberville. he says all the right things i was at the detroit game to your point, Detroit has a lot of hype. They're doing a lot of good things, what have you. Justin Fields was Michael Jordan on the football field against Detroit, just keeping the Bears in the game, just running, knocking people out of the game as a quarterback. There's a level of greatness that just jumps off the screen with this guy. So to your point, if the culture and the – the players surrounding him, you get that offensive line right. And you, I love the DJ Moore trade. You got a fucking dog with Darnell Mooney. The other guys, how they handle the draft is going to be important, but to, they don't, they don't have Raymond Harris's. I, they let one go. I was a huge David Montgomery. Yeah, I was going to say David Montgomery was that guy. He, he was, was like that, that guy. Mm-hmm. That, that to me is a loss because to yeah. your point, you got to find dogs like that. Now, they got Deontay Foreman. Me and my dad broke him down on our patron show yesterday. And there's a lot of things to like. There's a story there that I like about redemption. So Deontay has 
an opportunity here, but to you, in your mind, I hear that you believe Justin Fields is the truth, and the Bears haven't had the truth at quarterback in such a long time. In such a long time. So I love the Emmett. Well, you Smith. didn't believe in Steve Stenstrom, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I did believe. I did. I will say Ray might even laugh at that one. <laughs> it's a funny, that was a funny one. <laughs> Moses Moreno. Yeah, of course. Moses Moreno. I like it. Eric Kramer was a guy in 95 that I felt like, okay, here we're moving the fucking ball. Uh, he had told me, texted me today, if you didn't separate your shoulder that opening day, so you would have been pro bowl, all pro, 100%. He wrote it twice to me. Make sure that I told you that tonight on the show. Uh, he wanted every fan to know what a fucking the ultra back is the truth about you. You did everything. I appreciate and, that. Man. And you got a lot of young generation. What do we call them, Shane? Because I wrongfully call them millennials. They're not millennials. I don't know. They're Gen Gen Z. Gen Z. Is that it? Yeah, yeah Gen yeah. Z. They don't know Raymond Harris like we. They been. don't count. We don't count them. Sorry. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. They don't know shit. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't have to watch laser discs. Yeah. PCRs. Shane should have a show. I had a kid the other day tell me we were having the, the, the LeBron MJ debate, and he's like, Michael Jordan was just a ball hog. He wasn't that good. And I'm like, kid, you're 12. I, I might punch you right square in the face. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> he's no Michael Cooper, but. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, any kid that – I mean, even like a little kid who cares a little bit about sports, if you watch like the last dance during, uh, during uh, you know, the, you know, COVID. Yeah. That – I mean, how could you – I don't know, man. The greatness of like of MJ, it was just on full display. And, man, I was so fortunate to be in the city. Oh, yeah. During that second 3P. And it wow. was just – man, it was – um Man, I, I, LeBron's my favorite player ever, but you know MJ is who I would. You got to say is the best. Oh yeah, I saw this video on top of it because I'm not a bad. I'm straight up football. That's all I. Do. I don't even watch nothing else, right? But there was a great moment where it was uh, a Rod uh, and Kobe Bryant being interviewed by somebody, and they asked him, "The goat? Who's the goat?" And Kobe had such a great, profound answer to it. He's like, first it was, you know, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Right? Wilt, and that passed down to Michael. And, the, and then so, and then it passed to me. And now it's to LeBron. Like, there's a chain to the GOAT, he was saying. And I thought it was so profound because it's like, how, it's very difficult to give a crown like that. And even Michael Jordan has said it. But. We as fans have to, you know, I break chops all the time just to get them fired because I don't watch. But I was a huge Magic Johnson fan. Yeah. But I got to give Michael Jordan the nod. And and to your credit, that, that documentary, mm. just to show the competitive drive and spirit, uh, it, it so sucks that we don't have Walter Payton. 
in in this world because I know he had that same drive to be the best. We always see the hill mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if you said, I'm jumping around, but I don't know if you guys saw today. And I think it's really important at the owner's meeting, they announced that there's going to be like a, a, a new NFL films collaboration. Now, you know how the WWE kind of has their own movies and they have their brand and they have actual directors doing it. The NFL has signed with, I can't remember who the company is, but they're actually going to go now and actually do movies on NFL players and stories. And there's so many Chicago Bears stories like Walter and George Hallis, number one, I mean, starting the NFL. We've never seen this. So got to see that ultra back movie. We got to see the, that's that. where I was getting to. I'm talking about like, come on, man. Lorraine, <laughs> Ohio. To the, to the- <laughs> <laughs> Feels like George Hallis, Papa Bear Hallis, and like Walter Payne. And Walter, man, hey. <laughs> and then the ultra back. And the ultra back. I still remember uh, the late, great Stuart Scott, cooler than the other side of the pillow. He just loved you. So here in Connecticut, we didn't have Chicago sports updates, right, Shane? We had to, like, reach out every day. That was dial-up days, AOL, when you were playing, right? Prodigy. Yeah. Yeah. Netscape Navigator. (laughs) Net zero. (laughs) Raymond, you had an AOL.com email address, didn't you? I did not. I, I, no? I Prodigy. I had a burner, I had a burner account. <laughs> Downloading all those songs from Napster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. LimeWire and Napster. Yeah. I was yeah. all now, over that shit. LL Cool J song, and it turned yeah. out to be like a threesome with a goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is not rock the bells. Yeah. <laughs> Unless that dragon was fucking a goat. <laughs> that was Alan. That was Alan who you're that talking to. Alan. Hey, he okay, said goat. <laughs> Good job. Um, <clears throat> all right, man. Let me ask you this. When you look back on your career, you know, are there any plays that you – look back on and say, damn, I regret this one play mm. or something in that vanilla. We always talk about the the positives. I always ask everybody, is there one play you wish you had back? Yeah, man. Uh, that's a that's a good question. I never really got that one before. It's uh my in my fourth year okay with the Bears. It was my free agent year. And it was twelve we were in game twelve or something like that. And I had over a thousand yards already. And I was like leading the NFC in touchdowns. And it was just, a, and it was my free agent year. I'm like, this is it, man. I'm like, this shit is going great right now. And um, I broke a run it was against the Buffalo Bills and I got to the sideline and it was like the, just my mentality is was never to run out of bounds. It was always to do some kind of spin move, get back into the field, and I'm gonna lay this hammer on somebody real fast and get an extra <laughs> two or three yards, because yes. that's what I do. And uh, this particular day, uh, 
Yeah, I did a spin move and did that same thing. I broke it for like maybe 20-something yards. Instead of running out of bounds, I did a spin, came back in, tore my ligaments in my ankle, oh. and my, my season was over. And, um, man, I just think about, like, uh, you know, our, our, our team did – you know, we weren't doing well that year. So uh, 20-yard run, by the way. Was it 20? Oh, you know that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was – that was the – that was the last run of, of that year, obviously. And immediately I had, I had to have a uh, surgery, but man, I, I think about like the, you know, the, um, to be able to play like more games and to be able to, I don't know, man, just really put up the kind of numbers that I really wanted to put up would have probably ensured that I would have stayed at Chicago. Cause I wanted to play there like my entire career. Yeah. And uh, that decision right there ended up, you know, making it seem like I was injury prone and, you know, they went, went a different direction. How was your recovery with it? Because that's one thing that we hear about too is, you know, they're like, man, if we would have had that back, back when I played, because now, I mean, Deontay Foreman for the Bears, he tore his Achilles tendon at one point. That used to be a career ender at one point, And now, you know, these guys are coming back from it. But how was your journey after that, do you feel like it really affected your play going forward or, or not really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to tear like the ligaments in your ankle and then have yeah. screw, screws there, <clears throat> it's, um, you know, it, there's like a, obviously a healing that has to happen and then a, a rehabilitation process that has to happen. And I, had to, I did all of that, you know, outside. I was unsigned, so I was a free agent. So I didn't necessarily have a... Um, legit facility to, to, you know, to get myself better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got signed by the, the Packers um, on a two-year deal the very next year. You know, we won't hold it against you, bro. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears would have stepped about it, but they still been shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I went there, and, and, yeah, I was, you know, I was never 100%. So, I, you know, the things that made me special – I just couldn't do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. So when once you can't do like you know your superpowers, you then become average and pedestrian. And I could feel myself uh, just kind of you know falling into like a uh, a space where I was just kind of like just average. And uh, that was a really difficult thing to have to deal with after playing like at such a high level. Yeah, because like I was saying, Stuart Scott, I was I lost my point there. He would just. The quiet storm, the mm-hmm. ultra bad. He gets all hyped up on Sports Center. Yeah. And we live for that here in our neck of the woods to see a highlight from Raymond Harris. You know, if you didn't have the Sunday ticket or whatever, but yeah. how hard you talked about the the bad side, the shady side, the politics of the NFL. Especially did you feel that with the injury? Or was it your whole experience was kind of shaded with that kind of letdown. I know Chris Zorich talked about it, and I'll quickly paraphrase it. He got there as a Bears fan from Chicago, South Side, loved the Bears. He gets there, and not everybody's amped up for Packers-Bears. And he didn't understand that as first as a young player. It's like, yo, we're going out here to fucking win. Yeah. And some guys didn't have it. They were out drinking the night before or whatever. So was that hard for you? Uh, you know what, man, the, um, you know, the shady side of, of the, in the business side of it, 
um, it, it really came into full focus that that last year because um, not only did the you know it was my free agent year, so back then you could have a franchise tag which we still have, but then there was also a transition tag. And with the transition tag, you know, you're guaranteed the average of the top 10 at your position. Right. But what the tricky, I don't know who, what genius did this, but if you put the tag on someone, you could actually like, you know, take it off as well. So the bears, yeah, it was really, it was a really fucked up shit. So they put the tag on me. And then teams signed different running backs and free agents. Oh it off of me. And then they they drafted Curtis Enos. So like that always left a little a, a sour taste in my mouth uh, you know with the franchise and um you know with with the front office. But uh, you know, man, when you look at it, you know, I've had a number of years now to kind of look back in retrospect. I mean, it's it's a it's a business. Uh, regardless of people say like we're family and you know we got your back and we're looking after you guys like it's that's really not it it's a it's a big ass business and you have to do what you have to do to make sure you take care of yourself and that if any young person that was going into the NFL were asking me about it I would make sure I, I share that like you know those uh tidbits of, of knowledge right there you're only family if you're you're doing everything in your power to support this business that we have. And that's how players are treated. It's like a piece of meat. And it is the business. That's why Shane and I have always said, guy, you know, David Montgomery, great player. I gave his eulogy as a fan, right? But you can't hate the guy now. You can't hate Raymond Harris for going to the Packers. He has a family. Oh, yeah. It is a business side of it. And we always, always remind people of that. I, I don't hold any grudges with any of these players for doing that because of what you're saying. And this guy. <laughs> oh, Ted. <laughs> Ted. Ted was the guy who pulled the transition tag at the last. That's so grimy. Just may have done that. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm dead ass serious. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I have. uh, He. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I got a a company called Elite Mindset Performance. I specialize in being positive. (laughs) You and you know (laughs) you're doing a good job of testing me right now. Hey, you've been around the Bears as much as we have, Raymond. It's hard to stay positive. It's a lot of years of getting uh, getting beaten down. But I think we're positive about the new president that replaced Ted there because they finally have a guy, a black man, a presence that understands the importance of football besides business. And I think it's a huge step if you as an alumni. For me, I was told, my uncle was Sam Rutigliano. Quick story again. For the Cleveland Browns, head coach of the Browns, back in the cardiac kids. Um, He told me, real talk. The Bears offered him the job when the Browns, Marty Schottenheimer, kind of stabbed him in the back. And the Bears had called up after Modell let him go. 
and offered him the job before Ditka. They're like, George Hallis picked, called him on the phone, give you the job. And he's like, I need the weekend to think about it. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills called him and did the same thing. And he called around. He's like, everybody kept telling me about this guy who's an accountant in there that has the ears of these people. I, I go, I, he's like, I can't be around that. And as the seasons went on, it was more and more conducive of that kind of politics before football. And when I was around the bears and everything, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe my uncle. I'm like, no way. Like the bears, the bears, man, football yeah, first. Yeah. But as I grow, I'm going to be 50 this July. Chris's stories, Dante, Lemuel, you, Erlacher, all of these players coming up. Olin Krutz has been on our show several times talking about the griminess of this. And I really believe that there is a ray of sunshine now with this guy, Kevin Warren, about to take over the position of president and have that kind of direction that the Bears haven't had since the old man, Hallis, was there. And you could talk about that. You felt it. Yeah, I mean, shit, we'll see. I really hope so. I've uh, gotten to know uh, Kevin Warren a few times, man. And, like, what a great dude. And if there was ever a, a reason to feel some type of optimism to, yes. number one, um, like, the way that the Bears operate, uh, especially from, like, a family perspective, like, that feels good. And then, number two, uh, someone who's been around, like, successful, like, winning, like, franchises and um, uh, is the kind of person who is going to make, make – keep people accountable and make sure that they're doing the, like any and everything that they can to, to put, you know, to feel like the best absolute product on uh, that the fans deserve. I believe that's Kevin Warren. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm optimistic. I'm fired up about the whole shit and uh, we'll see. We'll, we, we shall see. So Ray, you need to make it. a priority on alumni. I'm sorry, Shane alumni. Oh, right. That was the first thing I think Kevin, I know Chris was there representing TTNL. Yeah, and Zorich uh, was his first client when he was a, an agent. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. He was the first one. Yeah. yeah. How crazy is that, man? How life yeah. goes. That's life is freaking Chris is a part of our network and we're watching it and he points out he Kevin is up at his presser and he points out and he's like, Chris Zorich is here today. So Phil and I are instantly texting Chris like Bro, you didn't even tell us you were there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't do it. Like, it happened last second, Phil. I'm like, dude, you can't tell us you're going to be there. But I really believe in what you're saying here. It makes me emotional because I, I live and die with the Bears. I'm not going to sugarcoat that shit. It affects my whole week. It affects my life. I The schedule comes out. We plan our holidays around it. And, yeah. you know, and our travel. And that's the reality of Ford. So I think Bears fans have suffered long enough. And I, I came around to my uncle's truth that Ted Phillips did have a, a karma of negativity and business, a shady side that affected decisions. They were going to – Shane tells the story all the time. They were going to trade for LaDainian Tomlinson. 
And Ted put the kibosh on that. Mm-hmm. 2001 draft. So real quick, I know we've had you on for a long time. and uh, But I think one thing that's important is the alumni and yourself being treated like the family that you have. Now, they've made some steps, and I really believe Kevin Warren is going to further those steps to reach out to to people like yourself. Are you excited about that, or do you have hope for that? Because I think you left everything on the field. You really did. You played with a passion and pride that really anybody, any Gen Z watching a highlight or watching your intro is just a snippet of what this guy did for the Bears. Um, I I hope you uh, are treated and, and embrace that opportunity to be there in Chicago. Yeah. Hey, Phil, thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that. And I do. I feel optimistic. Like I said, I know Kevin. And uh, honestly, um, you know, yeah, the Bears for a really long time as a franchise um, for the players have they they really had a, like a, a really bad reputation. But I have to admit, man, over the last 10 years, like they've done such a great job of outreach. Uh, I've been back three or four times. Um, and um, there's a feeling that like it, like the guys that help build this franchise um, are part of a family and part of a, a really select group of guys that really did something special. And it really does seem like uh, like the Bears are starting to kind of see and feel and understand that. And I think it'll only be magnified m- now by, you know, bringing Kevin into the fold. So, uh, you know, I take my hat off to, like, the people in the front office. For some reason right now, I can't remember anybody's name. That, that's what – Ryan Poles, the GM. Ryan, Ryan Poles. Poles. Ian Cunningham. He didn't have anything to do with the, the reach out of the – you know, yeah. players. I'm talking about like people in like player engagement. Um, oh, okay. Who? Yeah. God damn it! I mean, see, that's what happens when you have a lot of like concussions and shit. You can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> trust me, whoever those people are, I, I like them a lot, and they're doing well. I'm not gonna say anything bad because I want to keep having good yeah. things happen to me. Yes, we want good things. Speaking of good things, no. you have a business. Talk about. Let people know about your business here. EMP. Yeah, no doubt. Of course. Yeah. I, so uh, I was working at Ohio State for 15 years. I worked, excuse me, I was working in the athletic department doing major gift fundraising and uh, for like the last 14 years, 15 years. And then I just recently uh, retired to start my own uh, elite mindset coaching, consulting, and public speaking business. And then, you know, last month, I just also launched my own new nonprofit because I, you know, over a 15 year period, I've learned how to really build this skill of of fundraising. And it kind of felt like it was irresponsible for me not to to continue on and and use those skills that I had learned. So, um, you know, so I work with teams and individual athletes, uh, Fortune 500 companies, mom and pop shops. Uh, member organizations, uh, school districts. I go to all these different places and I, I, I share the things that um, that have helped me 
make it to where I am currently. And then also to help like people um, to truly understand, like if it's all about being elite, then doing these things right here will help you be the best version of yourself. That's the, that's my business. That's EMP. Fundraising. They might be uh, hiring you back in Chicago, build this new stadium. They know they <laughs> get you up in Arlington Heights, raise some money. That would be something. Yeah. Five, five or six, five or six billion for this yeah, entertainment good district. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know no, how you guys, a lot about it. I don't want, I want, I am a, uh, keep the stadium in the uh, city kind of guy, but hey, no yeah. one's though. Well, see, Phil's from Connecticut. I'm from New York, and we get bagged on a lot about that because we're not Chicago guys. But, I mean, I can understand their outlook on it, wanting a complex where they can bring in Final Fours, you know, multi-purpose and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, we all we all know it's about we, it's all about the almighty dollar. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's so limited, you know, Soldier Field, it's – the Chicago Bears should not have the smallest stadium in the NFL under any circumstance. The way that I that I see it, I know it's you know quaint and another and Ted like that, issue, Shane. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's be true. gonna be interesting <laughs> to see how this. I mean, it seems like it's definitely happening. You know, heading yeah. up to Arlington Park, but uh, I'm not looking forward to that park. Nah. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I love football, but I here's a newsflash. The Ohio State women's basketball team is playing right now oh, against Virginia yes. to make it to the Final Four. Who you guys Are got you in kidding? the game? Tech number one ranked in the in the, in the region versus Ohio State's number three team. They just been a lot of upset. Well, you're talking to the wrong guy if you're talking to Phil. He doesn't know anything about <laughs> basketball. But I'm going with Ohio State. That's right. So I'm gonna start watching his game very soon. Because I yeah. love yes, we'll let you time with you guys. Yeah, we'll, we have one we'll, favor, one request before we let you get out of here. Yeah, go ahead, Phil. What's up, bro? Unless you had another question for, him. I know there was no, 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 no. no. Go chat. ahead with the request. Okay. We want to get him out of the here. The request so is to get a station ID from you so we could put you on the beginning of our shows and stuff like that. And all you have to do, it took Zorich several takes. Yeah, well, he's, yeah well, he's got that Notre Dame education. It took him, he tripped up five, six times. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> there so, are some things all you, you guys to... say that surprised me. That was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we just get we you just... to say who you are and yeah. where you're from, what you're doing, and you're you're keeping it 100 on the Tape Never Lies Network. So. The NFL is going to be making this ultra back movie. We've got to put your acting chops. Oh, all right, let's the go. Tester. We have all to right. do that then. But before we do that, then I need to make yes. sure I noticed that you've done this. Shane, I uh, need you to go out and uh, uh, follow me on Instagram. Yeah, I just did West. tonight. Yeah, did that. I want you guys to push that out to you know to your viewership. Absolutely. Yes. Small business, and I understand. Follow them on Instagram. It's follow new age business. Market. I have to. Do the Instagram shit. So I appreciate Follow that. me back because I want to send you the intro. Your intro. Oh, I love the intro. Okay. Good look. I'll do that, man. So Play it on your phone every back. time you walk into a room. Yeah. I'll text you my number in there, my cell, and I'll text right, cool. you the the intro. Um, cool. I trust that, me. I won't, I won't bother you. Count him down so we can watch his game. We'll get the. Okay. Uh, Who you are. Yo, this is Raymond Harris, the ultra I, back. 
I, I'm not doing that. But go ahead. No, do whatever you want. I'm not doing it that way. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm keeping it 100 okay. on the Tape yeah. Never Lies Network. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cool. You ready? Yeah, of course. Three, two, one. Go ahead. I'm Raymond Harris, the Quiet Storm, aka Ultraback, and I'm keeping it 100 on the Tape Never Lies Network. What's oh up? my oh. God! Yeah, yeah you oh made Soros look silly there for sure. <laughs> yeah, I caught the ball in the flat, turned up the field, yeah, trucked over field. several yeah. guys. Yeah. That was my favorite thing before I left. It's been moving, then blew my ankle out. And was <laughs> no, not that one. I appreciate oh, you being. <laughs> I appreciate you being so uh, candid and following yeah. the script here, keeping it a hundred. I could talk to you for another hour because you're no, such he's a got good a game to watch. Bring me being. back, man. Go. Bring me back on later, Ooh. sometime or something. I'm going to bring you State's down nineteen fourteen, right yes, now. Right yeah. now. That's, yeah, that's early. early. Come on. Shane, I, uh, there's a TV right <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was barely listening to you guys the last yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, these guys think I'm listening Fuck to you guys are still yeah. talking. <laughs> 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 He's digging right, into his way, the wing. All right, mm -hmm. oh, uh, Raymond. Thank you so much. People say they love you in the chat. Yeah. You sound like yeah. DMX vibes yeah. going out yeah. here. <laughs> The ultra back. Thank you so much, Raymond. We love you. Thanks, man. Always love. You All good. the best. Yep. God man, bless. Raymond Harris, the good ultra stuff. back. He was love saying it. something Ooh. else. No, he's bounced. Ultra back. <laughs> Keeping it 100 tonight. I was like, damn, getting you over. <laughs> yeah. No, man. I thought that's... he was saying something else. I didn't. I didn't want to cut him off. But you wow, that was get awesome. Certain guests along the way, if you do this long enough, you can just feel like I mean, I was ready. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you want to promote your stuff? It sounds like you need a show on our network. We'll we'll give you free reign and do your thing and promote away. <laughs> he's got he's got the powerful voice and and you know, extremely articulate, loves to talk, loves to chop it up. Perfect fit here. But man, I could I could listen to Raymond talk all day. Uh Dude, great, I just great guest. loved him. As a player, yeah. great get by Bratcher. Pulling yeah, he some put strings. down the he put down the freaking bingo marker for a couple minutes and <laughs> locked in Raymond. Locked in on Raymond Harris. He, he had somebody oh. sitting in for him. He had somebody just sitting a, in for him. Just as I said, that Ohio State ties it up, nineteen all. There all right. you go. So, Raymond's like, "Fuck you, Shane." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best comment of the night was, you "Guys." Thought I was listening to you. I'm like, I look up these guys <laughs> that was talking, watching the game. That was, that was great. Great. Listen, there's oh. something special about some of the veteran players yeah. that come on this show and share their stories as well as their appreciation for the city of Chicago. As much politics and BS as there is, I still can testify Dante Jones. And Raymond Harris and Chris yeah. Zorn, they love the Bears. They love exactly, the Bears. Phil, that's, it, it's important. Listen, we know where the Bears have been. Uh, and like I said, to me, it all started that April night in 2021. 
when Ryan Pace traded up. You know, it was his his ultimate going away gift for the Bears. Now they they pissed away that first year with him, but to me it really felt like everything was a course correct starting with Justin Fields and the seasons we haven't had the winning season since, but there's been little things along the way. Like the ultimate, I wish everybody could have seen Ivan and my reaction on the final game of the season when Houston won that because it mattered. It was one more thing. The as a Bears fan, you're used to getting kicked square in the nuts over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden it works out. You get the number one pick. And then you, you know, you get a bounty back. You get a, a another big weapon for your your quarterback. So slowly but surely, this process isn't as fast as most people would like it. But they're stacking together W's, not in the you know win loss column in the season, but they're stacking W's away from the field, and that stuff's all going to add up, man. It 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 really is. I I love where this team. Is headed. Kevin Warren takes over, I believe they said today, in 17 days officially. So where we're going, where we're headed, uh, you know, I know Peter Bukowski doesn't believe it, but the Bears arrow is pointed up. It's way up. And I'm here for it. I totally agree with what you're saying. I just want to just interject, please. Head over to Instagram or Twitter. Follow Raymond Harris there yeah. and let him know you saw him on our show at Raymond underscore Harris. That's Raymond with a T, not a D. See some people in the chat. Raymond is Raymond Harris. So, real on quick, Twitter, Phil, this Raymond is... Harris, all one word. Ryan Cox just shared this. Uh, Kevin Warren was interviewed at the owners' meetings. And this is from a uh, guest of uh, TTNL, Dan Weeder. This is directly from Kevin Warren talking about Arlington Park. He said, the unique thing about the Arlington Park site is we'll be able to meld here in Chicago some of the greatest attributes that have gone, that have gone on at other stadiums across the country in the NFL in this space to build that environment where it really is a 365 day opportunity. Hmm. So that's, there you go. 365 man. day opportunity. It's a, that means nightlife. And, and if yeah. I could, if I could just interject, cause what I imagine it being like the surrounding area, like obviously we talk about Wrigley Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville and that whole area. It's it, people from Chicago. If you go down there, it's it's in a neighborhood, but you feel like I mean it has a nightlife. It has bars down you know left and right. You could eat. It has yeah. a hotel. Like you have you know everything at your service. What I imagine it being is like something like a cross between that and um, what they have over in Rosemont, which is similar. It's like a Actually had lunch with Adam Rank over there, Phil, mm -hmm. when you uh, when he was yeah. over in Chicago. But it's it's similar. It's it, it's a nightlife. It's a, it's open area. It's it's a nice strip of land. But what the Bears are going to have is going to be greater than that. I feel like because it's it's they're going to own it all first of all, but then they could control everything coming in and out. Like when they say something like that, I, I imagine that being 
it where you could go out nonstop, eat, drink, you know, have a nightlife, dates, stuff like that, hotel there. And then, you know, on top of that, once it's bear season. So what you're saying is Bratcher's moving to Arlington Park. I would imagine <laughs> somewhere around there. Well, that's really what it's about. I mean, I'm here. Yeah. I've been to the Patriot Stadium, and it's there's things for the wife to do if you're going to the game. There's things for the kids to do if you're going to the game. There's a whole component of shopping, entertainment, comedy clubs, bars, a nightlife, a place to be where there's a lot of things going on. And then on top of that, you're going to be able to host other events that are big time events, like the Big Ten Championship. Ain't going to Indiana anymore. I could tell oh, you that. Yeah, the, well, in Final the Four, the Super Bowl, Final Four. Well, let's be Super honest. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, because the city of Chicago tailgate. <laughs> that's right. There'll be more space. And when I went yeah. to listen, I'll say this about what. Uh, Raymond had said, I agree. There is something really like going back to Connecticut to tell people the city of Chicago. I've been to New York hundreds of thousands, if not times. Chicago is so much nicer, friendlier, cheaper, cleaner. There's a feel there. I know you guys hit the news with the amount of shootings and stuff like that. It kind of Every place, Chicago. every place on earth is cheaper than new york yes. i'll tell you <laughs> every place but the city smells it's like there's an odor coming from the gut well you got that garbage issue well and new york has that garbage issue the city at least you know no, that's what i'm saying because like i mean there's places in illinois and, and chicago where you put your garbage out in front it's just like it's not to the extent where you're fucking walking through garbage you know to get to work or something like that it, like I've seen some pictures before where it's where it's gotten crazy in New York. I haven't lived it. Yeah, but. it's it's listen, it's night and day difference. And the food and listen, New York is some, you have to see New York, no doubt about it. There's so much that needs to be seen, but I just prefer Chicago. But I the point is the experience of walking downtown on Michigan Avenue, crossing over, walking through a park to an NFL game is quite an experience based on that that lakefront. It's a beautiful thing. I know a lot of people hate the stadium. I'm not a hater like that, but I totally agree that it needs to be bigger and more fun. I mean, the tailgating there is so tight when we did our first TTNL tailgate. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, just to go no, to the bathroom. I couldn't bring my kids to that. It it's, was it's Chicago fucking Bears. You know what I mean? It's, exactly. It, it there's it should not. It's got to be an experience before you even set foot into the stadium, and that's that's what it's going to be. You know, that's what Kevin Warren mm -hmm. is going to set out to make it. And the difference is, is nobody. I don't know what the the land usage was for the uh, for SoFi. Uh, but I mean, it's just, you know, plus 300 acres that they're acquiring. Right. So it's a lot know. of land. They got to do the, it right. And if Ted was oh, there, they'd fucking, they'd fuck it up. 
Oh yeah, it would be in the, yeah, it would be in the, it would be in the corner, yeah, and it would be you know sixty thousand seats, and yeah, I they I totally, totally agree. Would. Kevin's gonna do it right. You gotta. I said this to McCaskey straight up, no joke. Larissa could tell you, you have to make your tailgating area a place that people love to go. Yeah, like the experience because that part of football isn't for everybody but 80 percent of people love it so that 80 yeah. percent is a big percent you know i'm so not you, drinking you before should, the game you get down to tuscaloosa to... there's there's rvs pulling in on fucking wednesday exactly for the saturday game you exactly. know what i mean and it's they're tailgating every day leading up to the game so it's you know that i'm not saying that they're going to create it to that level but like you said there's the sports book is going to be there. There's going to be tons of restaurants, mm-hmm. hotels. You know, there, there's going to have to be some amazing uh, museum, you know, Chicago Bears muse- Museum, you know, yeah. honoring the history and and all of that. Uh, it's I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And they, again, it's these are the things that we've talked about for years and years and years. And Kevin Warren, you know, the, the Bears – family-run business, there's a lot of small-minded thinking along the way that comes with this, even though it was a billion-dollar franchise. And I, I look at it, like I said, Kevin Warren gets the job, and one of the the biggest athletes in any sport, LeBron James, is tweeting to him, congratulating him on his new job. Those little things are going to... What expands Chicago to, to be a legit billion-dollar mecca within the NFL? There, I look at Chicago Bears just like I do the Texas Longhorns in college football. They're a fucking sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. People can look at Alabama. If Texas figured their shit out, there wouldn't even be Alabama. It would be the Texas Longhorns and everybody else. That's what I look. That's what I look like. Or that's what I'm looking for the Chicago Bears to be like. They've been a sleeping giant for the better part of a century, <laughs> really. And uh, it's time to uh, time to pull the pants up and and be a big boy franchise. And I think we're starting to see that more and more every day. It's not going to be a quick fix. It's a slow process. Just a little bit off topic. I'd imagine a couple more statues get uh, yeah. get put up there. You know, you got like. Ah. I mean, you got players so Gal Sayers, Sid Luckman, Butkus. I mean, you still have great players. And not not saying that they did anything wrong by putting Papa Bear and Walter up first, but like you're building something grand. You're thinking I'm I'm imagining a walk up to the stadium with the renderings that we've seen so far. Sure. Um, I imagine something like that where you could see all the great, you know the greats of the past walk into the stadium, you know, interact, take pictures, stuff like that. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Steve brings up a point too. And I want to talk more about the stat. I think that's important about the ring of fame being there. (laughs) I haven't threw that up at the perfect time. I want to talk about this real quick. A bear strip club (laughs) would be awesome. I'm like, all right, Phil, (laughs) talk to me about it. (laughs) Um, I just think a ring of fame is necessary. Mm-hmm. Ring of honor. I really yeah. do. I'm yeah. tired of the 
I know I said this on our patron show. I'm just tired of the retiring of jerseys. You know, Brian Erlacher's jersey should be worn. If Singletary's jersey's worn, so should number 54. Why are we holding that off? Right. Okay. It's an honor. You know, make it a tradition. Someone that has the kind of dog in them that you recognize Erlacher for, you put it on them. You know, you don't put a schlep on there. I still remember Jim Morrissey wearing Buckus's jersey. Now, all of a sudden, we're holding off these jerseys. I just don't like that. I, They've retired too many jerseys for my liking. And if I had my druthers, I would take all of them and put them all back into play except 34 and then make a ring of honor. Even George Hallis is number seven. Put that back in the rotation and allow these fucking players to, to wear whatever jersey and, and keep the understanding of the tradition. Like you ain't putting a scrub in number seven. Tony Medlin and the GM are going to strategically do that. I think, and, and Raymond alluded to it. You know, I'm watching this fucking show, Swagger, on it, Apple Plus. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's so mm-hmm. telling in regards to society today these aaus and the parents and the money and the social media and how they got to get their kid this sponsorship and this i can only imagine the playing field on the nil and all this shit going down in college football let alone basketball the nfl you have an opportunity that you're already the prime cut of meat when it comes to the football and everything Make a ring of honor for the Chicago Bears at the new stadium. Announce, Kevin, that you're putting every jersey back into play and will honor those players with great players only wearing them. So just like Syracuse, Shane, you could talk about 44. it. 44. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of colleges that do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a- There's something to be said about it, and I think mm-hmm. it's very, very important that the Bears start embracing the football aspect of it. Uh, I was excited about hearing that owner's meeting about the movie aspect of it because NFL films collaborating with Hollywood and kind of putting this sport that's the greatest game in all of the world, yes, it has its blemishes, uh, back on its prime and, and kind of share the backstories of Bronco Nagurski and some of these stories that we don't know, especially Walter Payton. I still can't believe he hasn't had a movie done about this guy. He's got he's got the he's story. got the football life done. Yeah, Remember we we, but, we we talked about that one before, but oh yeah, yeah we so were full, full, full like movie is deserved. I would like yep. to watch it's deserved. That. It's yeah. deserved. Who would easy play name his for role? <laughs> Sweetness, right? That would be the name of the movie. Who would yeah. you get? Michael Who B. Jordan? His role? Who do you got? Mm. Who would star as Walter Payton? See if the chat can get, come in here. Is there an actor that Angelo? you could see? Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the name was Sweet Tooth. Sweetness. I was oh, thinking. Man, I, fucking, I fucked up. But. Angelo, yeah. do you remember Greg Braggs? Mm, no, no. <laughs> I gotta do what I gotta do in the movie. Gotta do, with what gotta do. Right? You gotta do what I gotta do. 
Uh, that would that's a good question. Who would play Who would Walter? Play? Who would play Walter? Wouldn't be Will Smith, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't be him. The title of the movie would be simple, Sweetness. I mean, it's that. It's, it's already written right there. Phil's been writing so. this movie for about 10 years now. Yeah. I wish I, I could. I don't know all the stories. He's got a, he's got a stack of papers. I have seen it in my head, like going back to when he was a What's, kid. Alan, can you look up Morgan there Freeman's he is. 40? Can you look up at Morgan Freeman's 40 time? <laughs> Might be about 14.2 at this point. Morgan Freeman. Jeez. Oh, man. It, listen, that was a great interview uh, with Raymond Harris. If you're just tuning in, we have the great running back from Ohio State. Then to the Chicago Bears, if you're a Gen Z, you're just going to want to go back. Shane might have to upload some of those 90s games, bro, and, and yeah. shows people I'm, some on On to somebody else's back. YouTube account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just put it on uh, Oh, man, I got to. Yeah, I got to. Medusa. Yeah, Medusa. <laughs> Excuse me, boss man. Sorry if I upload these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Foxx would be too old to do it. Too old. Oh, yeah, right? Jamie Five, a young Jamie. Maybe Fox. he could be old. Jamie could be Walter as he ages. There might have to be a young Walter and then tell the story. But what about this? What about we go away from the acting aspect of it yes jared payton does it i don't think he can handle the acting i think he could you think he, think could? he could yeah man he's has he had acting classes i don't know <laughs> i mean he's been we'll on see. camera obviously yeah i don't we'll know see. if he can i love jared jared if you're watching i just don't know i don't want this to be i want it to be a premium cut film. Like, yes, you walk out of there. I'm not saying he couldn't. It's a good idea. But what's his name from Creed? The guy who plays it, Creed 3. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's no, that's guy? probably not a probably not a That dude did a, some hot water at the yeah, moment. He's, probably uh, not the greatest thing he? to be. Yeah. yeah. What happened he's with already, him? He's already... Well, he tried playing Dennis Rodman, then he kind of went off the deep end and Majors assaulting John women. Majors. Allegedly, yeah, not a good, yeah, not allegedly. a good idea. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear about this. Got a little physical with the lady. Was excited oh, about boy. that Dennis Rodman movie. Yeah, I guess the Ray Rice movie. He might be able to. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's going down a bad way. Unbelievable. Good. 35 more seconds. Phil's going to be like. So slick and skinny in a hole. Yeah. I said 35 more seconds. Phil's going to be like, what about OJ? He can act. Oh, my God. So anyway, oh, special Monday night edition of TTNL. Um, 
Shane, do you want to do the mock draft and then we'll wrap it up? Not really. I can. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> the Shane mock. We had the Phil mock. Now we have the Shane mock. Can't do the can't do the PFF one anymore because they screwed over the fans. You have to pay. Oh my god! Two rounds. Once they what saw is... our show, Shane. Yeah. yeah. Once they saw saw our show. I'm not gonna get crazy. Listen, these simulators are are fun to to waste some time and whatever. That's fine, but people, <laughs> I get so many mock drafts sent to me every single day. They're like, "Look, I I got a seven first round draft picks next year. This is gonna be the shit." <laughs> Doesn't work. Anybody could be a GM. Yeah, this is so easy. All right, so let's easy. see. CJ Bryce, Will Anderson, Anthony Richardson, Tyree Will. I could see that being there. This absolutely be legit. So yeah, this could so be history, this, folks. Under this, it's interesting. What is what is uh, Detroit do I think here? Do they'll they go take Jalen Carter here. I think they'll do take yeah, Carter. Could be too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There Good he is. Theory. Yep. So there is Will is. Levis here? Why not? Harris Johnson. Oh. All right. So we have four offers. Oh, jeez. I would Baltimore that's, wants. That's hard. That's hard not to say yes. Yep. They're so. giving the 2024 first. Oof. Arizona Ooh. is as well. That's interesting too. You, you tell me that I can get there first and thirty-one. Yeah, but you're telling me I can get there first and second next year. I think this team is going to be treacherous next year. Oh yeah, or this this season, definitely. Yeah, but they're Oof. only giving you a second. You're not even picking in the first. Yeah, this no, year. but next year you're getting their first and second. So this you have to make this trade. That. Yeah, that makes sense. With New England to pick up their first to drop from nine to fourteen. Yeah, Shane's gonna you're the GM here. Shane is the GM. Yeah. What did the Jaguars offer? I didn't see their offer. Uh 2456 and their 2024 first. Whoa. So to me, to me, as bad as this one is New England. Yeah. I mean, you you, you're getting the mother load there with Mm. Arizona. They're they're not gonna be good, I don't feel like, but well, so I'm going to go ahead and take this New England offer. I don't think that there's a trading chance. Down, of, yeah. What is the some music? What is, some yeah. Miles Murphy went at eight to the Eagles. Yeah. Thank God. I want him nowhere in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know what? Let's. Nah, we're not going to do that. So we got, yeah, some draft music here. So I accepted the Patriots offer. I was, I was debating. They took Christian Uh, Gonzalez. There goes Broderick. So both of them went Harris and Broderick. Um, yeah. So Broderick went to the. Georgia stayed in Georgia. Yeah, he would have been he would have been my pick here. So now you're looking at Van Ness with me. Uh I know a lot of people love 
Skaronsky. Uh Put him in there. Do you consider Bijan at this spot? I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. That's, I mean, Phil, you can speak on it. Could you be talked into Bijan Robinson at number 14? I think you, you're going to talk about a game changer, but then again, based on what it is you're trying to build here. Yeah. That's a tough yeah. sell. You know, yeah. I I could I could make a case for Skronsky and a certain tackle out of Tennessee right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you I'm yeah, you gotta I, go down a little bit more. Where do I they have that. Darnell on? 29th. Yep. So Based on, you know, Van Ness, I love too. I took him at yep. nine. So Van Ness, yep. I like so right. I'm... Dalton yep. Kincaid would be in my conversation even up, here. Even at 14? Yeah. Yeah. I yep. believe in this guy. I really yep. do. So, well, I'm Brian going. Brian Breesey would be in my conversation, obviously. I would have yeah. that. My per thing se, is I, just I don't know, know don't like I don't it. know the medicals on there, but uh yeah, so I'm gonna go Van you Ness. Can also take there it is, Van Ness. Yeah, I just think he's could have he's Ryan not there the yet. Lions. Yeah. Bijan. Oof. Detroit's Sorry. gonna Timo just just gonna Timo just got fucked. Yeah, I could never see that. Out. Oh shit! Did I just? Oh, is that just a one? Oh shit! Oh. I guess I didn't pick. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Me... In this one, you had to, you had to, I believe you have to click yeah. all seven draft, or all seven rounds. My bad, my bad. Let me do it again real quick. So, see, we get out of. Might that get mess. a different note. Yeah. Look, at the, where you had it, I think I am picking the right guys at fourteen. I hope they All right. it basically so, was the same. It seems like it was the same pick. Yeah, but Paris Johnson's available Still, here. Yeah. But oh, so then. 21-54. Saints. I think they're going to be potential to have a – Yeah, and it's mm. like Tennessee's not giving you a first-round draft pick to move up two spots. It's just – it's not realistic <laughs> at all. It's really not. Just like that. They're – for you to go there's no way uh, if they were I would take it yeah I, I know but it's just I'm not going to get into that it's just yeah it, it's I get you it's nonsense to me so I am going to uh you're going to reject and select yeah so I'm well we'll do this I'm going to reject New Orleans. I'm going to reject. I would take it, but it's just, to me, it's not realistic. I would think about this right here, but I'm going to reject it. We're going to get up here and with the ninth pick. What if Tennessee really wants Levis and that's why they're offering that? Yeah. For to go up. Luke Stocker light. 
Think about no, it. Think about it, name? though. They're trying to jump Philly for a quarterback, and they're going to give up a future first-round draft pick. It doesn't who make sense. Who was the kid they, uh, they drafted? Was his name Stecker? Who was that quarterback out of Washington? Who are you talking about? The Titans. Remember they oh, moved up? Locker. Ja- ja- yeah, Locker. Jake, Jake Locker. Yeah. Jake Locker. Thank right. you, Ivan. Jake so, fucking Locker. Yeah. So I'm sure you'll see Levis go to Tennessee here anyway at 11, but I'm going to take Paris Johnson Jr. at nine, and then we will make our way down. Oh, they took they took Murphy. a corner. Jesus. Yeah, so that just shows you it's craziness. <laughs> they took Murphy. Yeah, Van Ness went 19 to Houston. Brice went to... The fucking Seahawks. Hold on one second. I'll be right back. <sighs> so we're getting down there. Oh boy, my guy's still there. And I'm probably going to. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> Did he? No, he didn't go. Come on. Get there. I'm going to probably piss off a lot of people if he's still on the board here. Oh, there goes. Yeah, a nice three tech for us. They're to 52. So Pittsburgh is offering the 80th pick and a 2024 second rounder. So I'm going to reject that. And I'm going to piss off a whole bunch of people here, Ivan Vargas. (laughs) And I'm running to the table to draft a fucking playmaker. Jameer Gibbs. Roll tide. I'm not Boom. I'm not I'm not angry at it. I'm not angry about it. You need if to play make there if he's you, there on draft day, <clears throat> I'm making that fucking pick all fucking day. You need to add playmakers. They spoke about playmakers. I know we all want the receiving core to be a little bit better. It's it's gotten better. We've added DJ oh, Moore. Yeah. It's gotten better. We still still need to see them play, but adding another playmaker, whether it be tight end or at running back. I think is a must in this draft. And you have a lot of good running backs, you know, available past that Bijan Robinson, uh, um, you know, number one, but Gibbs is, if he's not number one, he's number two or he's one a, and and I love this pick if he was there. So I am going to actually make this pick up. I'm going to drop down nine, but I'm going to pick up pick number 100. So I just made a trade with the Raiders because I have a pick coming up here at 64. I'm going to reject that. Uh, I'm going to reject that. So we are on the clock here at 64. Raiders took Sidney Brown, safety from Illinois. I wouldn't have taken him. Kelly goes 62 to Philly. Clark Phillips, 63 to Arizona. And so where did... uh, Oh, Phil's in the background. Ivan, you got anybody you're you're oh my you're God, looking I at? Here? I, was on. I was talking this whole time. Yeah. So Phil, <laughs> did you see who I took? Yeah, Gibbs. Yeah. That was a good pick. I I like it there. You know, I yep. was I didn't know who was on the board because how do you how do you feel about cornerback, Shane? Who was the was the I tackle be... off the board at who? was my guy right? Off the board at that pick? Yeah, he went, uh, where did he go? Right there, 34th to Kansas City. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. Fucking All Kansas right, so... City gets a fucking good tackle there. At 64 now. This yep. Tillman went off the board. Fucks. Yeah. Dexter is interesting. Definitely looks the part. Is there a um, center that uh, you like here? Yeah, that's what I was just going to uh, Tipman. Um, I'm interested in Stromberg, but I, I wouldn't take him here. I know that the Bears were in Penn State showing some interest in Juice Scruggs. They're bringing him in for a uh, for a visit. Actually, I'm <laughs> I am probably going to go back no offense. Yeah, because this guy I can push inside. I can make this guy a guard pretty easily. Hmm. And I'm going to go to my roots here in Syracuse. And I'm a big fan of him. Bergeron. Yeah, Matthew Bergeron is coming to Chicago at pick 64. And uh, I can push him inside. He can be... Uh, your your left guard if you need him to be, or depending on what they do with with Cody Whitehair, but that's that's where I'm going there. Matthew Bergeron. We have a pick coming up here again at pick seven. First pick you took Paris Johnson, right? Yes. So you yeah. got two tackles now. Yep. You need an edge rusher. Oh yeah. Well, I have a <clears throat> I have a plan. I have a plan there. Just want to see we got there can't go carter there Mm-mm. um yeah i gotta what am i gonna do here i had to get my glasses on these names are so small yeah i i hear you phil is there anybody that you're you're interested in in this slot here, you took, just to go back, you took Gibbs, Bergeron, and Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson. Yeah, so we so right haven't here, anything on. really got to go on defense. Yep. You already solidified what it is you're doing in the linebackers. I am a fan of Harrison from Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, he's a good football player. Yep. Uh, no doubt. Edge rushers, cool. defensive tackles. Yeah. Andre Carter, year yeah. Yeah. year away. Yeah, I think you're even more. I think you're even more than a year away, myself. But yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pull the trigger here on our guy. I think I can get. <laughs> so Zach Harrison from Ohio State. There he goes. They're bringing him to so Ohio one. State. Yep, pick one hundred, and I think I have a guy in mind here. See, we'll see if he goes off the board. No, my luck, he'll go off right before pick one hundred. Where my Xavier Hutchinson, my guy, just went. Go on. Yep, my guy is still holding on. A.T. Perry goes to the Seahawks. Laporta. There he goes. Sammy Laporta. Yeah. 
I am a fan of this guy. So we have a pick at 103. Um, this pick you traded for, right? 100. Yes, I traded. Yeah, I traded down. I believe it was with um, Vegas. I think I made a. I think I made a trade. Is Foskey still on the board? What's that? Foskey on defense. From or Notre is he Dame. Drafted? No, he, there's no fucking way he's still on the board. They were just saying in the chat, I'm like, is he still there? No, fuck no. He had to went fairly early. They land. He went fucking 29th. Come on, chat. <laughs> fuck up. Jesus. I like people in the chat. Yeah, you can get him later, Shane. <laughs> he went I've, ran this, I've ran this stem 14 times during my lunch break. <laughs> <train. laughs> So, all right, yeah. Um, so we have the option to stick on defense. I got a guy here. You like Pickens. I, yes, very much. You like Pickens there. Let's yep. see the tight ends. Schumacher. Uh, I love Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Well, I am. There's I Wilson get... there. Oh, yeah. Charlie Jones, baby. Yep. We're still in round. Where are we? Round four? No, we're. Where are we? Cade went 26 to Dallas, huh? Yep. Round three. Yeah. We're, we're just at, at the, the end, end of round, round three. three. Yeah. So, yeah. Zach Pickens is our pick. Pick 100. And then we are back up. And went right here. Yep. I love, well, this is yours. I'll shut up. I don't know. Go ahead. I'm, well, I, I like your guy from Michigan too, Phil, but I think people are sleeping on Stromberg a little bit also, myself. But I um, love the, I love a loose, Olu. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Olu. you love a loose something. I'm like, I was just getting ready to clip that. Olu. Uh, what was I looking at? We're round four here. Yeah. I so I'm taking Stromberg 103. Taking Stromberg. I would have taken Olu. I will take Gibbs over Charbonnet every day of the week and twice on Sunday. All fucking over Charbonnet, easy. <clears throat> Gibbs is a good back. Yeah, Game breaker. A... All right, what do we got? Also, we're up here. Pick one thirty-three. Guys, got any any comments? I would, I would take Charlie Jones right here. He was still on the board. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, well, we can. But we just took Michael Wilson, so we can't take him. <laughs> I think Michael Wilson has a ta- has an absolute shot if he can be clean health wise to make a very big impact in the NFL. I'm a big, big fan of that guy. So I like him. I just yeah. think Charlie Jones is going to be a stud in the NFL. Yep. 
people can sleep on them. This is the perfect cover two corner for me. I know Phil's guy is right there at 166. I would I'm take Riley Moss right here. Yep. And we're going to take a corner, but we're going to take the guy right under him. We're going to take the perfect <laughs> cover two corner and Garrett Williams <laughs> to add to our stockpile. <laughs> Kenny McIntosh for the Texans might not be bad, actually. Screwmacher went to the Bengals. Yeah. So we are into round six here. Into did round you, six. Did your boy just go here, wide receiver? Or he did not. You got to pause it for there a second. There you go to the Patriots. Yeah. Of course he goes to the Patriots. <laughs> Comes a fucking star in the Patriots. How many white corners make it in the NFL? I don't know. I mean, they're gonna try. That's not. That's <laughs> not how we. That's not how you draft. They're doing the same shit with black quarterbacks. It's just not how you do it. We watch oh. the tape. This Keaton Mitchell character. I know Ryan Cox is probably doing weird things to himself right now. There's Round seven. So pick I two eighteen. Yeah, go ahead. Let me see the offense quick. Yeah. Any specific? Uh, I was position. Want to see what quarterbacks were available? Oh yeah, your boy is way down there. So he's he, we can easily get him. He's down in the five hundreds. Stetson Bennett, five twenty-seven. So Herndon went off the board too. Then. Must have went the fifth or sixth. <clears throat> Got to look at a talented three tech here. Yeah, oh, I they have. I have my eye on somebody. Yeah, and I'm gonna. To me, it's between Brooks and Byron Kids Young isn't the guy that's gonna give you a ton of pass rush. Has a lot of more upside. Yep. Totally agree. Um, so yeah, that's where we're gonna we're gonna add some more depth to this defensive line. And there that's he is, pick right there. Cam Jones from Indiana. Juice, Scruggs. Mitch would be a star if you went to the Patriots. <laughs> the mock draft. The Shane mock tonight. Also, we had Raymond not, Harris. Yeah, not the not the official one. But you know, Jesus. My guy, young from Alabama, is still there. Still sitting there. Are you interested in a tight end at all down here? Yeah, got to get one here. Got to get a quarterback and a tight end. In we have draft. two picks. Yeah, that's the second to last pick of the draft here. So this is this is it. And you guys know me. I did scream about Bears not taking the quarterback. 
last so you year. Gotta, can't be a hypocrite. Yeah. And I am with Phil. I would a hundred percent draft this kid where we are. And I know people may not like it, but I particularly ugh, particularly do not give a fuck either. Yeah, all right. That's that's how you there he is. Stetson yeah. Bennett. I would yep. take I, that would be the only place I would go ahead and pick him is right there. If, if it's with either the first one or the second pick in the seventh round. Yep. So there it is. Pick number nine, Paris Johnson Jr., Jameer Gibbs. To me, I feel like I gave you three absolute starters on your offense and then the ultimate jackknife, you know, Swiss Army knife weapon for Justin Fields. Uh, Matthew Bergeron, I can slide him inside to guard if I need to. Zach Harrison, I think, is a player that's going to be 100%. I just have a – sometimes you have a feeling that a guy is going to be a bear, and that's the way that I feel. On Harrison, Zach Pickens is a guy that I like. Stromberg, we had the two centers, uh, the one, the kid from Michigan, uh, and Stromberg to pick from. I want Stromberg. Michael Wilson is just preference with me. I'm a big, big fan. Phil knows that I, I love Charlie Jones also. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Garrett Williams. He did tear his uh, ACL, so you're going to need some time, but he's a guy that you can stash. I think he's going to pay big, big dividends for a team in the future. Carl Brooks, high upside defensive tackle, and uh, Stetson Bennett. I have no problem with pulling the trigger on him uh, down here and um, doing it. But, yeah, so somebody asked about the centers at 64. Uh, Really, at 64, I would have been, you know, uh, John Michael Schmitz was there. He was long gone. I would have pulled the trigger over Bergeron with John Michael Schmitz. But um, to me, Phil – I guess the the wild card for me is, um, would you pull the trigger with Gibbs at fifty three? The way that this team is constructed, I wouldn't. I would have. Yep. I would have looked at defensive tackle or edge there, especially mm-hmm. if you hammered Paris Johnson. Um, yeah. Again, I don't. I'm not going to be upset yeah. about it. At all, but I just think based on what it is you want to do, right? You let David Montgomery go. So let's look. So 53, I Mm -hmm. took. So Gibbs, so Adaboware, who we're going to be breaking down here pretty soon uh, if you're a TTNL patron. So he was off, but you have the edge from USC. I liked, I think this Mm -hmm. dude. Tiapulo Luto yep. is very fucking underrated. Yep. And he's got a lot of things I like opposite. Yep. Osiris Torrance is pro- probably was going to be the next guy that I was really I debating with, with Gibbs. Yep. Torrance is a day one starter at guard. Yep. Now you can work there. Will McDonald, we're going to break him down. Yep. Solid edge great athlete uh you left it but am i gonna be upset if you get a game breaker i i said it was the closest thing to kamara i still remember going back and forth with greg gabriel about kamara coming in that draft he didn't think he was going to be very good mr englewood i i drafted 
Jesus. I drafted you a center, Stromberg, number one, 103. And I know the deep, you followed. The D-line. Now he, he asked about the center first. And oh, right, and then he asked about the D-line, and I drafted you three defensive linemen. So I, I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I was going to add to that center. Like, if it went down this way, you mm-hmm. know, they still have Kramer. They still have Lucas Patrick under contract to play yeah. center. They have options at center. Yeah, but, but the way that I'm looking at it, so if I was running this team, Lucas Patrick, Doug Kramer, even Cody Whitehair are non-factors for me in drafting. They're exactly. Not, they're not yeah. affecting me at all. I mean, even as bad as this sounds, Braxton Jones, guys like that, I feel like they have, you know, potentially big-time futures here. I just, they can't dictate what I'm working for in the draft that's the way that i the way that i look at it but yeah it's like i said this isn't a perfect draft but i i think the way that i'm looking at it right now i think all these players make the team pretty easily actually i like the draft a lot obviously very pointed i would have gone with olu instead of stromberg charlie jones Instead of Wilson, and then I would have taken uh, my guy Riley Riley. Oh my God, Moss. Moss Riley Moss instead of Garrett Williams in those three spots right there at yeah. one hundred three. But I love the Stetson Bennett. I love the I love all of the picks. Yeah, and that's the I thing, guys. Don't grade on if strong, we uh, draft oh, players. It's we want them all to be good. It's not if you draft an offensive tackle, you, we know that you cannot have enough of them. It's not an indictment of Braxton Jones. It's not an indictment of Tevin Jenkins. You just you need more bodies there. And to me, like I said, to me overall, like I said, Garrett Williams is probably a guy that you're going to stash. But down there, I mean. Garrett Williams doesn't tear his ACL, and I th- he's a to me he's a second round draft pick all fucking day long, and he fits this defense to a T. It's got a lot of a lot of Walt Harris in him. Ninety percent of the earth is covered by water; the other ten percent is covered by Garrett Williams, just like Walt Harris said. <laughs> yeah, so, you like Garrett Williams? Yeah, I'm a big big fan. I hated to see we were right right there and when he went down i said to riley i'm like that is not good we were you know we have season six syracuse when he went down i hated to see that felt real bad for the kid but let uh, me tell you i will say this you know it's funny how people see things and it's fun to do these exercises here and this is the way shane would go with his trap i know charlie jones and riley moss are going yeah. to shut a lot of people up. I'll just tell you that. Same with this dude from USC. Yeah, that would probably um, be my pick at fifty-three. Would be mm-hmm. Thule. I would yep. have probably taken him based on this. I love the Bergeron pick at sixty-four. Yeah, and he, I, like Thule, I said, he, I he, he's gonna six. He's gonna fit exactly what Eberflus wants, and that's a day. Day yep. one starter. But do you want this guy or do you want Gibbs? 
that would be but i would be fighting for Thule, based yeah, on that yeah. i just love the i just love the explosive no weapon the explosiveness. that gibbs can be yeah it's just to me it's next level i look at him i know a lot of people don't like the the comparison of kamara but to me he's a more explosive kamara that's the that would be that would be my comp just the it's the ultimate check down chess piece for uh justin fields and i love seen, the thought of him on this offense you've seen how mckinnon was so valuable and, and yeah. And I'm, I can imagine him sp obviously spending time with uh, Herbert and then um, with Foreman, obviously picking him up as well. But if they were to go get a guy like Gibbs, I can imagine him having that same effect, like a McKinnon to the Chiefs offense, yeah. where he's big in the pass game, can you know game breaker like you'd mentioned before, can you know fit in the small spaces and then get out of it real quick. Uh, it could be a, a difference maker for the. For, for the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields because you yeah. know he's going to be under duress. Like, I'm not saying the offensive line would be perfect, even though I like what, what you're doing, but they're still going to have to gel together. He's, it, yeah. it, it'll be a the perfect check down, like you said. And Bergeron, Bergeron can 100%. Bergeron can 100% play yeah. inside. I Braxton Jones, that's, I don't believe Don't can worry yet. about inside. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's – yeah, yeah. I no, believe no. Bergeron yeah, Braxton, is right. Braxton back. falls to a really believe. Yeah, Braxton now yeah. is competing with Paris, your first yep. round pick, mm -hmm. for the left tackle spot. I mean, I that would be the ideal scenario. I yeah. like. I have Broderick number one tackle, and then Paris number two. If you come away with either of those guys at nine, like you did, you're cooking with gas. For and me, I'll be I would then came back with defense. If Paris okay. Johnson, I would have a hundred percent went defense, Phil. I just don't expect Jameer Gibbs to fall. None of those guys under contract, they give a fuck about, right? Like you, you have twenty nine going into camp. It doesn't matter that you got eleven under contract, Daniel. I'm just telling you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just telling you. You also had seven of the eleven that are probably terrible offensive linemen last year. So you always have to get better. You're never looking at your numbers of under contract and then deciding how you're going to draft. You better draft to improve. Like we said with uh, Raymond Harris here, yeah. when's the left tackle? Jimbo Covert. That's it. When's the best, when's the best quarterback? Jim McMahon? Yeah. And Angel, that's the thing. Who's the left? They're they're gonna they're gonna show they me decide. who's left. Yeah, that's exactly we, we, we preach 100%. it hundred percent. Because right now, as right now, we, we don't have a right tackle either. Right. So it, so who's, whoever wins out, you're the left. The other guy is probably fighting. For now the right. he's competing with. Say Braxton loses. Let's just play this game for you, for you guy. And this is how the Bears should be run as an organization. And I really believe they will be with. Kevin Warren, the Bears should go into it understanding that this is going to be the American idol of fucking offensive line. Get in there and perform and leave it on the field. I don't want to hear excuses. I don't Oh, He knows the system. He's out there. Now play the best. Coach them up. Paris Johnson comes in there. Now he's your left tackle. Now Braxton has to 
the coach has to decide, is Braxton the swing tackle or is he competing for the right tackle? Larry Borum, as much as you're casting him aside and everybody is, he has an opportunity to reinvent himself and decide who he's going to be. You know, you're not banking on Larry Borm, who's under contract, but or Lucas Patrick or Whitehair or Tevin. You know, Tevin could be your right tackle, right? Paris Johnson and Tevin Jenkins would be an amazing fucking edges of your offensive line, in my opinion. Paris on the yeah. left, Tevin on the right. Now you're competing inside. Now he's got Bergeron. Bergeron could be the swing, the backup tackle, and anywhere else. So you're cooking with gas. That's how you should do this. And the yeah, Bears, you're not good. En- you're not good enough at any spot on the offensive line to be like, no, exactly. I can't draft this guy because of mm-hmm. this guy. And I know somebody said that it was too early to take a guy like Gibbs. I'm listen. I'm trying to give Justin Fields weapons. And it, when you say weapon, that's not just wide receiver. That could be a tight end. That could be Jameer Gibbs. That could be Bergeron there. Like I said, it's I just my first three picks are all with Justin Fields in mind. The if way you're that not I look a patron, you missed out on my father and I breaking down Tunyon Walker, Demarcus Walker, the three tech. He's gonna be a three tech. Yep. Um I believe. And then um, running back Deontay Foreman on this past Sunday. Last week, we broke down um, Nate Davis and P.J. Walker, the new backup quarterback that the Chicago Bears have. And we haven't really talked much about P.J. Walker. And I really think it's one of these sneaky signings. My dad was very excited watching his tape. Here's a journeyman. Again, I know Shane, he's 5'11", same height as Bryce Young. And he really has what a tremendous That's arm. That's taller. Antici- anticipation. 5'10 and an 8, Bryce. I think he was 5'10". Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If hey, we said, who, Lauren Foster. Yeah. Who was uh, – we didn't take him because who did we take? I'd have to go back and look. I don't know if he's Gibbs. trying to like – We took Gibbs. No, he's talking about no four days ago more. when we were oh, yeah, wasn't oh on the other on the other draft, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean it was under the yeah. but that's Lauren's opinion on him. And PFF yeah. after our show <laughs> lock it up, locked lock up their up. draft coverage. Um listen, there's a that's what I love about the draft, and I've watched it and I wasn't blowing smoke, I was texting with Raymond Harris. He had such a good time here. Great guest here. Former Chicago Bear came on and kept it 100. Follow him on Instagram. Also, listen, smash the like button and subscribe to our channel. I want to get those numbers up. I don't ask you guys to do that enough. There's several thousands of you that view this show each and every week and don't subscribe we could see the statistics of it so i'm going to run out of my way and asking you just press the subscribe button do us the favor if you're already subscribed hit the like button and let everybody else know what this network is almost 365 days a year 
covering the Chicago Bears like any nobody else. Chris makes a point, and this is my point about these mock draft simulators. On these simulators, he's saying that Darnell Wright usually goes in the 30s. And <laughs> come draft that, night, he might that, get 12. You, but that's the thing. Listen, exactly. as we sit here right now, Phil, we're all, we're talking about Paris Johnson Jr. Mm-hmm. If he's on the board at number nine and Broderick Jones is there on the board, I'm pretty positive that the Bears aren't going to take Paris, that they would take Broderick Jones over him. That's the way that I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, I would honestly say, remember the original one? We only I wouldn't draft Skoronsky. I know locally people, I would not draft Skoronsky over either one of those guys. That's me. I couldn't draft Skaronsky over Paris Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. I don't Phil. Are you I I think I think is it because of that is it is it because of the, the measurements? No, it, it's not. Or, I it's well, I there just, has there there hasn't been an offensive line well, with that, that kind yeah. of arm length ever played. He would be an absolute complete outlier. Absolutely. So I shouldn't so, say no. Yeah, that that is a part of it. I just I'm higher on. I have Paris Johnson one, and I have Broderick Jones. I'd do the fill. He'd be right there. He's so Broderick Jones is so athletic to me. He's not as big and tall. I don't know. He might be just as tall, but I see a lot of Lane Johnson. You're putting an athletic freak out there, and I mean Lane Johnson just got a one year thirty three million dollar. Fully guaranteed extension. Brad Biggs mocked him because he watches our show and is a patron. Sign up to become a patron yourself. We're going to be breaking down Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Wright, and Foskey. How do we say his name? Yeah. Skaronsky. Skaronsky. I believe Darnell Wright later on is going to be one of the top. I think he's, I think he's going to go higher than people think. Me too. A lot higher. And that's what I'm going to say here. Like the first mock you had when you traded down and took Van Ness, my, my opinion would be Van Ness or Wright there. I just I, – I know a lot of people aren't with me on Van Ness. I think he's a year away. But I he's at 275 right now. I see this kid getting up to 290, maybe even 300 pounds. And I just I think he's going to be a destroyer of lives in the NFL for a long time. I really do. <laughs> uh, Adrian would have a heart attack if they go Skronsky. So would I. I'm not in the business of drafting guards in the top 10. Just not. I believe he's going to be a, a good offensive lineman at guard. Skaronski got walked back by Van Ness in one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely mollywopped. I prefer right over him. But we're, we'll look at the tape of this stuff so you can see it. I know the local story and the hype surrounding it. There's no question Skaronski's a good football player. It's the same thing I talk about with JSN with a lot of these people. It's like talent 
immense talent, but not ninth overall, not on yeah. the Bears, not with the needs that you have. And any of these guys telling you, oh, they don't draft for need. Yeah, they do. Like you're looking at your board kind of biased towards the fact that you need to fill some of these holes on this roster. We're lucky that the this is a deep corner draft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a deep – Offensive tackle draft. As good as these corners are up top, that's I will be. I Dude, think he you, will get. You he will Riley get Moss at the, no, but I'm saying if they go corner at nine, I think polls will be vilified. I will. I will be myself. I would be pissed. I would be pissed. I, be pissed if I told Ryan Cox that today because who was it? Somebody did a mock. Other than Gonzalez. I can't. Swing. Oh, I mean, if I if I was taking a corner, he's my CB one. Somebody had the Bears taking Witherspoon at nine, or somebody guaranteed that he's going to be a top ten pick. Maybe that's what it was. I just I am not in that. I I can't. Not the way that this draft is made up. I mean, cornerback is literally one of the deepest positions. Like I said, I feel like Garrett Williams 100%. is going to be a is going to be a guy that's going to be starting as soon as he's. Healthy. Let me tell you something. Easily. As much hype as the Illinois kid has, the Michigan kid, Turner, is better. DJ? Oh, my God. It's just one, I know he's a little lighter, but he's aggressive. Oh, but anyway, there's a lot of – if Riley Moss, again, I know we had the person saying, well, you don't – white corners don't – there's – Let's watch tape of this stuff and see the guy. That, I just talked about him. I just said I prefer him over the kid from Illinois, DJ Turner. Um, but Riley Moss, to me, is somebody that is going to be a starter in this league and will be an outlier in, yeah. in regards to that. I just and don't do shit Mike, like that. Skaronsky's arms aren't even, like, Slater's, I believe, were 33. He's under that. He's half he like, an inch under that. Yeah, he was like two and a half. Yeah, and I mean, he's a good he, football player. He is, but you're. I just don't. I don't like, think he's gonna play tackle. Like Adam Hogue got pretty defensive about people calling him an offensive guard, and I mean, like I said, he's a complete outlier at the position. You're drafting he, him. Oof. He has the ability. He, he has that flexibility where he could play. He's played tackle. He can play guard. I, I think that's a positive. But I I can see your point where he he doesn't fit that prototype. He doesn't he doesn't look like he played even center Braxton in Jones. high school. He doesn't even he look like Braxton center. Jones. Aren't you know lengthwise and such? So yeah, see yeah. there you go. He played center in high school. He did. Yeah, I yeah. think he was like I the just number can't, four or five center in the country. I can't take him over. But he ain't no Slater. I'll tell you that. No. Watching the fucking. No, no, no. I had Slater number one. Yeah. And he, to me, he's not. I just. Paris Johnson. I mean, if you're building an offensive lineman from scrap, he might come out of the machine shop looking like Paris Johnson. He might. You know what I mean? He's just. Even the big man they got. Uh, the other kid from Ohio. Oh, yeah. 374 at right tackle. I mean, that kid could play. 
fucking ball if he's in shape. That kid fucking yeah. Owen's a center though. Owen's not a tackle. That's what we're Owen's. What is the, like what is if you if you're looking at like oh, bottom he's saying half. Olin has shorter arms than Skronsky, and he's yeah. at center. That's what he was saying. Like for tackles, yeah. like if you're looking at like the lowest, I think I was looking at a, a chart earlier. The lowest I've seen was like a Joe Thomas. He had like 33 inch. You know, so it, it, that's yeah, probably I don't normally go crazy over arms length, Ivan. I really yeah. don't. But when I watch his tape and he's getting pushed around a little bit too much, now the short arms yeah, again become a problem. They yeah. become a problem because the length helps deter speed to power when you're rushing the quarterback. So if you get it's just like a jab in football. Right. I mean, but boxing. If you're able to get that length, now you're slowing up the pass rusher and you've given yourself an advantage. If you're getting so say you have shorter arms like Joe Thomas. What Joe Thomas had was a fucking giant pair of thighs and ass. Yeah. It got low and was able to use that power in there and kind of he was very much more athletic than Skronsky. Yeah. I guess like this is Mike's pretty adamant that he's a tackle. Mike, I would ask you, who is your top offensive tackle available in this draft? I, I, I just don't. See. We needed that. We've been waiting for the Mike Hall segment, Shane. Oh, the, the deep thoughts of Mike Hall? Deep thoughts with Mike Hall. We could start off with if this. You draft an offensive lineman with <laughs> T-Rex arms. His name might be <laughs> Peter Skaronsky. Broderick Jones to me is the number one tackle in my book. Yeah, I I, I put him number one. Athletic, powerful, finishes things. He can move. Uh, good size, strength at the point of attack. I could tell that he loves the game of football. He's Ohio done State's it. Down five with a minute forty nine left. Sorry, Ramo. <laughs> um. Mike Haw, deep thoughts with my best tackle prospect since Joe Thomas, he says. Yeah, I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking who's your I wasn't even comparing to tackle one. Yeah, who's oh, your offensive tackle next one year. Yeah. I thought he was talking about Skronsky, my bad. I don't know. If you're getting knocked back too much for my taste, then you're getting Braxton Jones again. A shorter arm. Braxton has long ass arms. Right? Yeah, he does. But listen, we'll watch the tape of him. There's a lot of things you like about him. I would personally be disappointed if Paris was there or Broderick and they they drafted Skronsky. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, new bowl punched the shit out of the fridge. I actually remember that shit now that he brought that up. Um, whatever, man. It's gonna be a fun off season. <laughs> There's a lot of football player. I mean, the kid from Oklahoma, Wanye, oh. Wanye Morris is a, a yep. guy that I like. Yeah, the Bears have been. A, have they? Yeah, the Bears have talked to him. Yeah. I like that football player. He's a guy, you know, third round. 
I believe he's got a lot to offer. You saw the kid freak out at the combine and Blake Freeland. Yeah. From BYU and show these immense athletic. When you're looking at the Chicago Bears, how do they assess the the Raz scores? If that's what it is, I mean, Freeland has to be somebody they've earmarked based on that. Just to keep you guys updated as Old Hawk, 1985, Monday show. Let's go. I'm so excited to watch this team be competitive this year after the past couple years. Fields needs to ball out and not just run the ball. I get it. That's what we were talking about with Raymond Harris to start this show. The special, keeping it 100 on a Monday night interview with the great Raymond Harris. We also had Shane's mock draft tonight. Talking a little draft with you. Uh, before we go to shout outs and wrap this up, Shane, do you see before the draft any possibility of Ngakwe? another offensive lineman signed anything i think it's going to be interesting you see some whispers about uh lamar jackson potentially being connected to the colts see how that goes you know they bring in a guy like him and try to include essentially a poison pill so baltimore doesn't uh match are they going to try to clear some salary? You know, they are they going to are going to take Buckner and make him available to a team? And that's you know that's why the Bears haven't made some moves. They're going to be very active in the market of when teams have to you know clear some space. And you see you see moves like that being made, and that's going to go. I I didn't understand, and we should report this for you to meet the cash floor. You're not required to meet that cash floor until day one of the 2024 new league year. So that's a long, that's a year away. Oh, really? Yes. And I didn't know that, but PFF Brad updated that and said that this, so you don't have to, the bears are under no, you know, they're they not under the gun. That by spend. season start kickoff. Nope. nope. No, nope. oh, I thought it was that. I think that there's going to be plenty of moves. You always see these teams, especially Trades. after the draft. They, you know, a guy falls to them they didn't expect. They want to save some money. They may move off of a guy, and you have the Bears sitting there with all that extra ammo financially. And I think that they're going to be, I think that they're going to be active in there. I just don't think under the the way that that Colts team is made up, I wouldn't sleep. A hundred percent on DeForest Buckner being a Colt mm. in 2023, <clears throat> and I think if he's available, I think Ryan Poles will be lead the charge with Matt Eberflus up front. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Yep, I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Listen, as much as you as much as you hate to say it, we Phil and I have put our thoughts out there on Jalen Carter. <laughs> If the Bears are confident that they can bring in a guy like a DeForest Buckner to act as a mentor to Jalen Carter, those are the types of things. Those are the types of talks that are going on behind closed doors. It would scare the hell out of me because I think that that's a massive gamble. Talent-wise, it's not a gamble. Everything else, 
it's a massive red flag to me but there's there's we have a thousand piece puzzle and we have like seven pieces in the puzzle put together we just no no we're very economical my family (laughs) yes we are buckner's 29 or 30 i believe i love buckner yeah and i mean i wouldn't look at him in that position at that age he he can give you two three years easy of top of the line play three years uh he'd be a great i mean that's a great point especially with the professionalism getting a kind of mentor to help guide this young player but i'll be honest right now oh i'm there i wouldn't even touch him no I, i i'm not even tempted yeah no i i'm just putting it out there because i listen these guys know a lot more of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes obviously there he's going to be part of the bears 30 visit so he's going to be at Hallis hall they're going to sit down with him and mm-hmm. i'm right there with you if i have any questions about motivation uh if that's even a thought in my head i can't pull the trigger there it's just it's to me it's way too risky i want to know that you love it i want to know that you can't live without it i don't want to question that This isn't a six-round draft pick where you're like, all right, it's worth the the gamble. Upside is immense, but the fucking downside is you going headfirst into a volcano. Up has a good point. This is um, something that a lot of people pointed out in that that last game against Ohio. Well, that game against Ohio State, it was he was relatively quiet. It it, it looked like he was off the field a lot of times, and then when he was on the field again, there was no action. So I mean. It's a, it's a, like Shane said, it's a crapshoot with Jalen Carter. Not saying that he doesn't have the talent, but like you said, personality wise, and does he love the game? I think that's a, uh, I think that's a big you, must for the Bears. You don't want to draft a kid in the top 10 and for love of the game is a question. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, you know, when his on switches on, it's fun to see. But man, there's a, there's a lot of red flags there, and I know it goes if- back. To, I think it goes back to honestly. At the end of the day, just think about yourself, uh, and it goes down. I don't to think that. he's going to get by. I don't think he's going to get by five, anyway. So let's just put that out there. I think that that's I've a, seen Seattle these Seahawks players teams roll the dice on some of these players that have immense talent and don't care. They just want the money or the spotlight for a minute, and they flame out. You're the Chicago Bears now trying to build something special, build a new stadium. Are you in it to try to take a swing at a possibility, or are you going to understand the importance of building the offensive line and bettering your quarterback? To me, it's a no-brainer to pass on Jalen Carter for Paris Johnson, uh, Broderick, Jones, any, uh, even Wright, Darnell Wright. I really believe in that kid, too. Uh, both Oklahoma tackles. <laughs> You've got to build this line and, and let us see the real Justin Fields. The Slim Shady, please stand up. Three technique is important, but protecting Justin Fields is the priority. And I think 
that's how they have to handle the nine. They did not go out and do what I'd hoped they'd do and get an Nate Davis and Orlando Brown Jr. And then I'm kind of open at nine. But because they didn't do that, I feel like you have a need and you're at the top. Even the kid, I I, I don't know. Some people are putting him at center or guard. Mock. I just Cody Mock. Yeah. Cody Mock to me is a tackle first. I I just hate when they do that. Mock can play tackle to me. I just love his personality. That's the Run 180 to Jalen Carter, right? <laughs> Jalen Carter, Mock. Oh. You want the two differences? Like, there's no question how much Mock loves it. He's another guy. And Osiris Torrance. If you're gonna go guard, Jesus, get yeah. me in there. I just think just putting a bow. I know we said we we're gonna have like an yeah, hour show tonight. Here we are, three hours later. <laughs> um <laughs> This is Ryan Pohl's first foray with a first-round draft pick. And don't forget about that part of it. Are you going to take the ultimate gamble? It may, it may pay off. But to me, there's a bigger percentage that it's not ever going to live up to the hype if you go with a guy at Jalen Carter. And, I mean, that's true for any player. I just think there's more red flags there than – I'm comfortable with. I'm with you 100%. Listen, if you're just tuning in, this is a special edition of Keeping It 100 on a Monday night with Raymond Harris. If you missed the interview like Chris Jackal did, you want to go back, check that out. And Claudio, I'm sure Claudio's probably watching now as he's driving to the flea market. Um <laughs> Uh, Ivan hit the post right at the top of the show. And listen, we'll be live Wednesday night if you're a patron breaking down Isaiah Foskey and Will McDonald of Iowa State. We also might have some Van Ness tape, correct? Yeah, and just real quick, oh, yeah, I know I sent, we I sent both Van Ness. We got yeah. Van Ness and the kid from Northwestern. There'll be a four show. Yeah, just a quick update. We scheduled the car's keys for Thursday night. Um, as of right now, it's still there, but that may be changing. Uh, that may get pushed a little bit. We're dealing with some stuff uh, for that show that we may push it potentially until until next next week. But we'll figure out a time. But we'll keep you keep you updated exactly what's going on with that. From the fans in the stands to the follows on the ground, on the thanks grand. for your support, showing love in the DM. We stay special, strong, fight together till the end. Now it's time to shout out worldwide friends and fam. Life. The network that keeps it 
real 100 crew So many in the world That I gotta show love to For some this part Seagulls show is at its end But for me it's so important Thank the charter members and the fans Built the network Speak the truth to the tape Never run around the truth No narratives we create Set them straight No bubble screen I'm for the name Audio Jane getting nervous Cause keeping them up too late That's it no more To say they get the shot of vital But hurry up Cause the postman's getting homicidal There it is Shout outs Spencer Strong Shout outs Ivan Vargas The moderator tonight Head over to thetapeneverlies.com. Become a patron. I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for. It's been so long for you to get over there. Get subscribed like Bill is telling you. The amount of time we're putting in to breaking this stuff down. And I put it out there this week because I take a lot of pride in the fact that we're the OG of doing this to just destroy narratives. I was tired of the bullshit. Shane said, well, just put it out there. Stop. So we put it out there. Now we got a guy like Ivan with us, helping us cut up the tape, breaking it down here. Ivan Vargas, um, do you have any shout outs? Uh, yeah, just real quick. Uh, shout out Claudio, shout out you guys, shout out everybody in the chat. Raymond Harris, you know, couldn't have loved that interview enough. Like, great, great interview. Shout out to him. Um, Alan for going ahead and bringing him in. Now, pretty much everybody here at TTNL, shout out to, to you guys for all the hard work and everything. Um, great show, man. I know it's a weird night, but it was an awesome show nonetheless. So, great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. How about you, Shano? Yeah, yeah, real real quick. You know, we, we preach vulnerability. We preach family first here. You know, no matter what happens, uh, we don't have our family. We don't have anything. And that includes, you know, TTNL family and our, and our families at home. Uh, so I just want to shout out my guy, Cars. And I know I speak for everybody here. Ivan, Phil, everybody behind the scenes, Cherie, Bratcher, Cool Kennedy, Ron G, Caden Whitlow, everybody, Claudio. Um, thinking of you, Cars, we love you. Uh, you're a big part of what we do. You're a big part of where we're going. And we just want you to know that, uh, you know, we're always here when you need us. And uh, we're reaching out and just loving you and, and hugging you and uh, pray for for better days here um like i said things can get tough here you know the the older that we get means that everybody else in our family gets older and when our parents uh parents get older you know i i phil's put up with it with his mom and his dad i know ivan all of us had kids that are sick and parents that are sick it's it's never an easy time so you know talk about ogs cars is an og phil and i have been with cars since like 95 talking <laughs> talking bears so uh just wanted him to know that we're, we're here yeah we're here for him love him and uh need anything at all you know where to find us and i know that includes 
everybody listening because cars has a lot of people that love him in the comments even though he doesn't want to believe it he's a big part of what we do and we love you bro very well said man i want to shout out cars and send positive energy cars way i always say that big believer in that the power of prayer no matter what you believe in send some positive energy towards the Carstensen family and our friend Matt Carstensen such a good dude and so appreciate the work that you do here um, shout out to you Ivan Vargas all the help that you do in the background means a lot to me because Shane don't do shit like right. Jackal when it cut, cut in the tape and all that. So the help that you give. I'm a clown. I, I get I really appreciate you, Ivan. Uh, Ron G and Caden Whitlow and Shane Marsaw, just a tremendous friend and person. This network, we say, like Raymond said, what the Bears say, or your family and then go by the wayside. I am seriously showing uh, compassion towards everybody in the chat and love for everybody, even the haters. I take a lot of pride in the work that we do here. I don't like the people that imitate and create narratives and talk shit. Come on the show and let's talk ball in front of everybody. Like, don't talk shit, come on the show and do it. I really appreciate that. Um, sending much love to Cherie as well. Send some positive energy towards her. She will be back, trust me. I spoke to her tonight. She's like uh, the Terminator, she ain't going anywhere. She'll be back. Yes. <laughs> We'll be back. Send some positive energy towards Adeptus Serpentis, his wife. I hope everything goes well for you, man. I know you're in the chat every week, being a smart ass sometimes, and then giving some great info. I love you. I hope all goes well and all positive your way, my man. Um, Everybody that's going through, I just want to say this to you fans. I'm looking straight at you smash the like button know that this network whether we agree disagree or break balls at the end of the day is a brotherhood a sisterhood and a family i take a lot of pride in what is said on the network to the extent where i go after my own guys like alan bratcher when he's talking like uh, khalil herbert's better than justin I mean, David Montgomery. I know he walked it back and then he went around and tried to do a parade. And then he disappeared forever. So I'm waiting for you to come back, Alan. I missed you, buddy. I know Bingo has your has your ear and your eyes right now. Hopefully you win a lot of money and come back. In all seriousness, I, I appreciate Bratcher and the debates and the passion to get this team where it's going to be so i beg you if you love this stuff the way i have my whole life sign up 
become a patron. We're almost at that 800 mark. And I would love for that to be a celebration well, this offseason. It will be, but we're almost at the first of the month when 70 oh, yeah. people without fail forget to update their forms of credit card on file. Next week. Fucking idiots. I don't even know I'm who. Good. Do we have anybody on the show next week? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what our calendar is. Jackal didn't show up. Claudio said we're off next week. This is great. <laughs> well, I'm certain we will have somebody. If not, we'll oh, be yeah. talking a bunch about the Chicago Bears. I'm going to reveal Jim Larison's TV show list next nice. week, Shane. And I've never seen anything like this, Ivan. Just <laughs> no, going to tease I've, it right now before I we have end seen the show. it. Yeah. Jim Larison. I'm talking about shows and stuff like that with Chris Dorich and Shane and Jim. And I'm saying I gotta rank these shows and all this stuff. Uh, so I just watched the night. What is it? The night. That new Netflix show, the night action, night action or whatever it is. It's pretty good on Netflix, right? But. Jim Larison sends me his list of top shows. So I'm thinking like a hundred would be a lot for Jim. No, 1,481 shows ranked. Thank you, Chris. Night yeah. agent. Well, when you travel like he does, you got to watch a lot. I mean, we were trying to lock in a time for a meeting with Jim. And he's like, well, guys, over the next 25 <laughs> days, I'm going to be in 13 different countries and... 15 different states so boys boys on the move all the time when i opened up this document and i'm thinking 100 and i scrolled down the bill sent it to me and i thought you were joking at first i'm like god damn it was like 14 like (laughs) flicks of the wrist to get to the bottom of the list i gave it to steph i just gave it look at this i go this is jim so we're gonna post this on our patron this week we're gonna run it for our credits at the end of a show it's gonna be its own show it's gonna be be credits 1400 shows you know the star wars script going up 1481 shows he's ranked it's a lot of fun and it'll be definitely we're gonna review 800 of them are survivor 800 (laughs) of them are the first 80 seasons of survivor Dude, he did, he did his best. There's some talking disagreements that I'm going to have. Maybe we can get Larson on. And it definitely will be in June in that area where we can focus a lot on his list. But I want to reveal it before the draft. Have some fun. And check out Night Agent. There was also this movie, a uh, Korean movie. Check it out. The Call. Um, <laughs> let me know. The call is definitely a twist craziness. Uh, I think people will enjoy the call on Netflix. That's all I have for tonight. Become a patron. We'll see you live Wednesday night. You have something else? Are we gonna are we gonna close it out the right way? We finally have some breaking news for us. Breaking news. The tape never lies. Network breaking. News.
Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go.